Hello and welcome to episode 264 of the Spitballing Pod. I am Luke Byron. As you can see, if you're on Spotify, we sent the message out after the last podcast asking for video podcasts. Two days later, they did it. I think happened when we asked to be put on Spotify and they did it literally a day later as well. So the people at Spotify are listening. Happy New Year to everyone listening and everyone who is on the episode today. The plan here was going to be... uh, to get the top six clubs and we'd have a rep- some representation from everyone involved. Um, I did check in United a seventh, so that wouldn't have quite worked, Goff. Um, and it hasn't worked anyway because Alex has dropped out at the last minute and Sean's unavailable. He's posting Instagram stories like a uh, teenage girl bubbles in a uh, jacuzzi while showing the background. So um, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we've got from him. Um, before I forget, if I ask everyone now, they are now doing ratings on Spotify. I suggested that would be coming in last time. If you go to us on Spotify, then there should be a little star thing for you to click. If not, if you click the three dots on there. If you're going to give us under five stars, as I said, I'd rather you did it. So just the five stars or nothing. And then um, that'll send us up the charts. In case you weren't sure who was who, if our names didn't do the justice, uh, we do all have a shirt on to represent. Uh, club today maybe that's why Alex isn't here he's only got United kits um, but there was a surprising lack of news of the week for the first episode of the new year so I've gone kind of back to not even a would you rather just just a little something to ease us into it um, I've just got some kind of this or that questions when we did our Christmas special last year Connor I did say that you would eventually get an award for being the best newcomer and the award is being asked the first question of 2022 so um Nothing physical for you to receive there, but um, you do have something. And uh, just a nice, easy one to start. If you had to choose to eradicate one completely, would you wipe out cheese or would you wipe out bacon? Cheese. Bacon, I'm telling you. And I can answer that rapidly with confidence. Blimey. It's just top tier for me. Like, uh, I, I, could I chose it. the question for you because I thought that might be the hardest one, but obviously uh, I didn't choose wisely. Yeah. Bacon is my, my number one. Honestly, you guys remember the camera roll on my phone and it's just bacon sandwiches that I just get really of and take photos of. dedication to bacon, that is. <laughs> Do right. Did you ever have that bacon king at Burger King where they put like an entire bacon pack of bacon, bacon in there? <laughs> had one on Sunday, so yeah. <laughs> I had one with uh, TK and I remember saying there might actually be too much bacon in this. Like, there might genuinely be too much. No, not because they put sauce in the burger as well. The bacon double cheese XL, too dry. You've got to add the sauce yourself. I like it, don't That it? is true. Um, but it's usually my go-to if I get it uh, on the way back from Arsenal because the amount of mayo they put in the uh, double Whopper, as much as I love mayo, I don't want the funny looks if I get on the coach. and If I'm eating them in a little um, <laughs> door down, yeah. coach station, I'm going to have some mayo on my lap and they might not let me on the coach or something. Um <laughs> TK, uh, beef burger or chicken burger? Eradicate the chicken burger. I don't say that like this. It's a tough one. I resent people usually if they go to um, like burger places and get a chicken burger when the beef menu is always more substantial mm-hmm. and it just feels like such a waste. But then you get beef from a chicken shop, so it's... Um, usually both though. I usually so if I was going to get <laughs> a chicken, that. I'd actually get two yeah. burgers. Um, and I, I 
yeah, usually you don't want to miss it. You don't want that FOMO, do you, mate? You just like I've got <laughs> I know, exactly. Is it is it like a wine soiree where you've got a bucket? You just take bite. <laughs> I don't spit any of this out, so uh, not quite. He's not that type of girl. Um, I mean, I don't know if uh, I'm, I'm assuming that. I'll listen. I don't know if they have this on in the shop. Um, their beef burgers used to be great. They used to be the, the little um, like smash burgers you could get, and then I, I bit one once, and I swear to it, it squirted at me. And it, I can't have this again. Oh. It was like I couldn't. I can't have this again. So you no, I tried it once person. since. I tried it once since, um, and uh, it, it, the quality had dropped. They used to have the perfect like melt of the cheese, and it just gone. Um, someone else half and half on a chicken. I can never make the decision, so I'll always find someone who's willing, split down the middle, sample the best of both worlds. So it's basically like you hang outside if you've got on your own, say, you just hang outside, you just ask everyone. All right, uh, Goff, are you a sauce on the side man? Are you a drizzle on top kind of guy? I'm a drizzle on top kind of guy. I knew you were. <laughs> <laughs> when you asked us to come on Zoom, Luke, I didn't know we were going down. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. There was a, there was a lack of uh, news headlines. I, I do have a few actually, but um, spitballing suddenly looks the horrible I mean, sort of pod man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the question I had for myself: pineapple on or off pizza? On obviously, don't get too much of a discussion on that. And then um, finally, Jack, the uh, final this or that question: um, AC or Inter Milan? I'm an Inter <laughs> I, I mean, Are you I, really? Yeah, I, <laughs> I just love the kit. They've always had absolutely brilliant kits. So does your striker. And that, that pretty um, white away kit with uh, the blue and black dragon, that was a naughty kit. I um, definitely didn't have that whole segment just to tear up asking you that question either. Um, wow. Me in the shower earlier, so, me uh, you, could say, you could say I was thinking about you in the shower. <laughs> um, just finally, before we get on to the football, um, is New Year's Eve the most overrated night of the year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. after that, after that, bonfire, possibly. I honestly, I the the passion that I've recently found out me and Luke both share for hating fireworks is absolutely <laughs> the most pointless thing in existence. <laughs> if, if they truly were, maybe twice a year, I could maybe get my head around it. In and around Brockworth, it does seem to be it's like three o'clock on a summer's afternoon. <laughs> you can't see the things. <laughs> it's just insanity. They're banned in um, Ireland, aren't they? And I've got loads of Irish mates that are just fascinated with the concept of fireworks because they're banned in Ireland for some. Well, I say for some reason. And finally, then I, I've got three headlines when I was just looking through um, old and new for. Um, New Year's related headlines. Um, there was a man who took a 600 kilometers New Year's Eve taxi ride between Denmark and Norway and then did a runner um, before paying. Blimey. You've got to be asking for money up front there, surely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think full on him. I think he deserved it for not asking for at least half up front. Yeah, put a deposit down and then yeah. take the rest out for I mean, has anyone actually run for a taxi? Run from a taxi? I mean, I think I've done it enough to commit that. I've done it once in the past, I think, and I genuinely had the money for it. I just wanted to say that I've done it. <laughs> so I was in a car. Person, then, really. 
with people suggesting they were going to do it and I, I'd rather pay you. I, I, yeah. I'm not that kind. I don't have it in me. I got this fear of going to open the door and it not opening and then having to turn around and be like, <laughs> oh, getting out to come around and pay. And that, right. the, guy, the guy just turns to you like, you come home with me now. <laughs> um, almost a thousand cars are torched around France on New Year's Eve, but the government insists it did go particularly well. It's a bit of a riot, don't it? Hey. Everything I see to do with French people on Twitter is either riots or them doing some outlandish things for TikTok like. The and last time, and just that football is doing some very outlandish things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last time I went to France, they were actually having riots there at the time. We didn't know what we'd stumble into, and this was Marseille as well. So the football had been cancelled that evening, so they were even more riled up. I imagine the family wanted to stay and get a closer look. We need to um, get the hell out of here. I, I imagine it's kind of like the weather over there. It's like today we forecast a few riots. Um, Nothing special, just a light drizzle of it. Well, it's, it's Tuesday. Look, we've uh, yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah, what just, are we going to do? You see someone lobbing an e-scooter through a shop window and you just think, ah, oh, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because um, I've only ever heard good things about France from Jack in particular. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going down that route. <laughs> we're never far from this story, are we? We're never far from <laughs> it. We, well, Chelsea drew Leo in the fucking Champions League and... Or just that, like, like Vietnam-style flashbacks. Of just, like... <laughs> the best was we did uh, Taken on the movie podcast. <laughs> you sensed that Jack was like living vicariously through Liam Neeson. <laughs> you took out all the Algerians. Yeah, it's like a weird kind of snuff movie for me. I watch it just to get a kick because I have <laughs> what I want to what I and finally, um, Dubai charges four hundred, the equivalent of four hundred dollars for a Five Guys on New Year's Eve. So, uh, how much do you want a bacon cheeseburger? I mean, like, you're, you're, definitely, you're definitely paying that. Yeah. Push comes to show. Uh, they yeah. are great from uh, Five Guys. Well, <laughs> but the highlight of my uh, last race week when we could actually go was going to Five Guys on back-to-back days um, after Funny. lack of winners. Anyway, there, there we go. If we get into the football, I'm getting a bit of an echo. I'm not too sure from who, so it might be best. I do have questions more specifically for people. So uh, if we mute and then kind of jump in and then it'll probably save any background noise and uh, losing any listeners. I think it was Jack or Connor. I'm not too sure which one, but uh, it sounds fine now anyway. Jack, well, we'll start with you because uh, the biggest talking point of the weekend, um, not that we're kind of just going over the weekend results because... Uh, I could spend an hour talking about that bastard, Stuart Atwell. But uh, we'll stick with Lukaku. Um, Just five months after arriving from Inter Milan for £97.5 million, um, he was dropped from the squad against Liverpool after giving an interview to Sky Italia three weeks ago. Probably the first thing to think about here is the fact that Sky Italia just kept this interview tucked for three weeks for Chelsea to have a big game coming up and then said, you know what, you can hear all of this now. You've heard what we wanted you to hear. Now hear that he basically hates every moment of his life uh, playing for Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, like oh they've got Everton and Brighton come now. We won't do it then. Oh yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, well, they actually dropped it just after you'd drawn with Brighton. It was that night they dropped the interview. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just ridiculous. It's mental. <laughs> I think it was absolutely. He, he saw. If you jump ship it into, he saw it all going downhill. 
saw Conte leaving, Hakimi leaving, and then all of a sudden now they're kind of like towards the top of the league in Italy. They're like, oh, actually, no, I want to go back. Now. Like, I just, yeah. I just think as well when you come for that kind of money, um, it's just insane that he's not going to be happy. It's not like he hasn't lived in London before. It's not like he hasn't been here before. Um, so I've seen all kind of reports that it's not just like the actual club is living in London and all this kind of stuff. Well, I've got a collection of the quotes. Are you muted, Garth, or am I getting feedback from Jeff? No, that's me. Hang on. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I couldn't see you, so I didn't really want to blame you, but uh, maybe it's the devil I can't see. Um, Lukaku's so, been to West Brom. How bad can London be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Athletic, um, they've done, as they usually do, one of their 8,000-word uh, articles on the fallout and everything building up to this. And they say initially Tuchel wasn't sure. He essentially knows what's happened at Chelsea previously. And so got six senior players in his office to say, can I afford to drop him here? Mm. He knows what how this can go down at Chelsea. The, the players he called in were uh, Jorginho, Azpilicueta, Kante and Rüdiger, so not quite six. Um, and he essentially got their backing before choosing to drop him uh, from the squad. So I've, I've always feel stupid reading these out, but I'll quote The Athletic. They say, uh, one source explained, I was speaking to one of the players and asked him if anyone was sticking up for Lukaku. He said, no, none of them can believe that he's done this. Yeah, Tuchel's played out to blinder and he's handled it exactly how I'd want him to handle it. I think if you go and start Lukaku, uh, it just sets an awful precedent. They're bigger than the club mentality. Always comes. I, I guess it's kind of one of those where I've never really experienced a player doing this to us really before, apart from maybe Courtois running down his contract. So Didn't you have a banner um, calling three players rats? <clears throat> well, that was mainly just because of our love for Jose. I think, really. <laughs> and then we, and I think they got over it quite quickly. But he went um, to Spurs. Yeah, and then he was the one. <laughs> but I think I'm literally in the camp of if he doesn't apologise publicly, then he can be sold. As much as I just think that he was loved by the fans. Like every time that you're at the ground and he's playing, it's the rousing reception. He's just damaged that relationship almost beyond repair. He's got, he's got kind of clinging on by a thread, really, because he was kind of adored and he was seen as this talisman striker that we didn't have before. It's going to be like a big key to all of this. What we can't really wrap our heads around is that this is mightily big talk for a player that scored four, uh, three goals against Cairo Mings, Brighton, and <laughs> last night when they were going through a rough patch at the start of the season. So, Pablo Mari. Yeah. So I just don't, if he was banging him in left, right, and centre and he, got like a really high goals per game ratio. I know I've spoken previously that I mean his goals record looked bad because he's been brought in the last 10 minute games when he's unfit but this was another thing he did this interview when he wasn't even fit yeah. when he wasn't even available for election. So, well I've got some of his quotes for you Jack um, uh, not that you've not seen them 15 times already I imagine um, so the first one that uh, did the rounds was I'm not happy with the situation and that's only natural the head coach has decided to play a different system and I mustn't let up. I need to keep working hard and be professional. I'm not happy with the situation, but I'm a grafter and I mustn't let up. I think the coach can get me playing more, but I have to respect the choices he makes. All I have to do is keep working and wait for my moment. It's just ridiculous because we've seen how ravaged we've been with both COVID and injuries recently. You see him rushing back Kanze because we need someone in the field. 
and then he gets injured that game. So have a good 15 minutes, get himself injured and go off. So it's a kind of, he's just trying to protect his team more than anything. Um, plus, when he goes on about system, I'm sure that when he decided to sign for it, he would have been sat down in the manager's office and say, this is the way that I'm going to play. And he could have just not signed the contract if he didn't want, if he didn't want to play that way. I think what he's, his chaos is being so big that every manager will want to play him back to goal, hold up and play off it. It's just, that is the way he wants to play. He wants to play running onto the ball. And we have seen him do that. If you remember at the start of the season against Aston Villa, where he ran onto a goal, his first goal at Stamford Bridge was brilliant. Same with Villa away, where he just boshed Natty Cash into the ground and just ran through and won the penalty. So he does play well on the front foot, but the system won us the Champions League last year against Man City, so you can't really argue with it. Part of the issue is that um, Conte, and I think a number of these were played to him during this interview or before this interview, is um, in the spell where Conte wasn't yet managing uh, Spurs, he was doing Champions League games um, over there in Italy. And he was speaking about how Tuchel wasn't getting the most out of Lukaku. And he says that he's a guy who obviously is best at finishing inside the box, but he said, you're also not getting the best out of the player if you're just commanding him to stay in the box. He compared him to Harry Kane. He actually said he's better than Harry Kane at dropping deep and being a quarterback and doing this kind of thing. He said that he's as good as a midfielder if you wanted to play him there which I saw someone's football manager has actually started playing Lukaku in midfield. So maybe that's the way Cincy uh, and Jolinton is going to carry on. Um, I think he's a guy who probably can believe what he is. And in this case, if everyone in the world is telling you that you're one of the best strikers in the world and then you're on the bench for Chelsea because they're playing a false nine, you're probably... Do you think maybe he's been stewing the fact that he's been there for three weeks He's probably gone into the interview thinking I can try and get the Inter fans back on side and then ended it probably taking out all of his frustrations. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well because he's come back and played really well. In the last two games that he's played, he's played brilliantly yeah. against Villa, really well against Brighton, um, which is the frustrating part because you think the only shining light to that Liverpool game yesterday was... I was kind of thinking like, the only thing that we can kind of hope for really is for Kaku to be on form and we might be able to nick something. I remember I was driving there yesterday and I was just thinking, please just don't get smashed <laughs> because everyone had just come back from injury. We hadn't really, well, we've just drawn against Brighton and Everton. I think I look at the Lukaku thing and going back to what you're saying about Conte's comments, and you're right. Like the last few, like the last month essentially since Juventus, I haven't really seen the game plan that have been wanting to play because we seem to be very, very wide with absolutely no win in the box. So we get it forward quickly, but then it's stuck on the wings. And then we've got all of our attackers kind of isolated against three centre-backs in the middle. And it just there isn't that cohesion there that when Lukaku actually played, he made it all kind of come together a little bit, which was really interesting. Um, I think as well, like I said, with the system, that system worked last year, got us to two finals, we're in all cup competitions this season as well. You can't, you can't really be mo- bemoan it. I think we've gone through a, a rough patch recently, like I said, with injury and COVID, but I just find the timing just the worst possible timing <laughs> ever. When would, you, would you bust to get, to get in the box if it was Hudson-Odoi crossing it in? 
Justin is the only thing he's actually good at. Um, <laughs> so it isn't, it isn't finish it, put it that way. I think there's obviously a number of quotes that have um, irritated Chelsea fans. The, the one personally that, that got me the most is um, when he was talking about Lataro Martinez and he says, I, I miss him. I could die on the pitch for him since day one, since the day one that I met him. Um, Martinez coming here with me at Chelsea in the future. No, Lataro, you stay there in Milan. I'll be back. It's, it's mental. <laughs> like, gen- genuinely <laughs> mental. He's like cackling as he says it. The thing is, he hasn't been... He hasn't ripped up many trees, but he scored a few goals. But he's got less. He's got lower goal per game ratio than uh, Tammy Abraham had by this time last year. So not exactly the kind of pariah, uh, messiah sorry, that we thought he was going to be. I mean, if he doesn't apologise and come out and say, like, some of this was either lost in translation, I didn't mean it, etc., etc., um, then I'm quite... Was the interview not in English? Hey? Was the interview not in English? No, is it, I, think, I thought it was a bit part, wasn't it? it was I've, I've just seen the quote, so oh, right. just hoping. That was me hoping as I said that. Yeah, I, I thought it was... Well, question okay. Um, but so still, the, I, yeah, I think... Yeah. The final one. Wouldn't mind not seeing him play again. <laughs> the final one. Um, he said there are three teams at the top level: Barca, Real, and Bayern. All the players dream of them. That's the truth. I thought I was going to one of those clubs after Inter. This didn't happen. So as I said, there was only one club left where I can imagine myself, and it's Chelsea. So your fifth choice. It's just brain dead, isn't it? <laughs> when, when you when you've just signed a five-year contract at the age of twenty-eight, like this is. Probably where you're going to end up staying for a large portion. Well, he said he wants to be back into his prime. He's 29. I just, honestly, the guy. I just I thought he was smart in this. He's very articulate in interviews. Speaks like five, six different languages. I just it's just brain dead. Do that five months into a five-year contract with your new team. Where don't, let's not forget when he resigned for us. He said, "Well, I don't finish business at Chelsea. I love this club. Support them yeah. since I was a kid." Job was my idol, etc., etc. And now he's gone and said this five months in. You just think, what the fuck are you doing? I just, I, I almost couldn't believe the interview. If I didn't see him say those words, I'd have assumed that it was just. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the incredible thing was like the it was kind of like you read one thing, you thought, okay, that's that's not great, and then yeah. just the next thing, it just kept going. Like, well, how did he not pull himself up and go? Well, oh, maybe I've gone too far, and I'll stop now. I just don't get it because realistically, they, if Tommy Tickle really wants to do it, you can just make him rock with the reserves for however long he wants. I mean, he's on 400, 500k a week reportedly, so I'm assuming that's probably not going to happen. But Inter aren't paying 100 mil for him. Who is? No. He, and I, especially after this interview, who's nailing their colours to the mask for Lukaku when they're going to spend 100 mil and they could end up with him doing this today? Well, the, the Inter fans said, I, I don't know why you're trying to gro- grovel back to us. <laughs> you, you made your bed. That's in all sorts. Was it um, in the Di Canio interview? He was like, they could have done the same with any functioning striker up top. That that system wasn't determined by Lukaku, which I, I do think is a bit hard. He said Zapata could have done the same thing, but to be fair, with Zeko up top, that looked too bad. Mm-hmm. Um Graham Soonis had to hold himself back from swearing yesterday. He said the uh, Chelsea players should be saying, you know where the fucking door is. I mean, yeah, I, I fully agree with it. It's it's weird as well because it's usually the Chelsea fan base at the moment is very, very divided. 
and this is just United, everyone and the, the Tommy Tuchel kind of banner where he's just fucking cracking. Genuinely, I've never seen so much hatred. He's come out and said today that he didn't expect this backlash from this interview. He's like, are you really that stupid? You can't be that stupid. <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't understand saying that Chelsea would be my fifth choice would be such a bad thing. I just don't get it. <laughs> I suppose we've all seen situations, though, where players have said or done stupid things and um, they have come back from it. I mean, Luis Suarez said he wanted to join Arsenal. Um, I don't think the Liverpool fans hold that against him because he mm. went on to have a monster season the year after. Um, the thing is with that... Pyatt, the, Pyatt I, stunk his way out of West Ham and Connor is still having next to him in the room now if he could. I think the difference between all of those is their comments and interviews, like after games or like just passing questions. None of them have gone and organised interview behind everyone's back, really. Suarez and, went to the mail and said, let me leave. Yeah, I, I get that. But then, not what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that he's got an organised interview behind his own representation, knowledge yeah. and advice. And come out and absolutely blasted a club that he's been injured for for the last eight weeks. I just, I, if he was, like I said, banging in goals and he was on 25 goals already, if Salah was coming out and saying this because he's not getting off the new contract at Liverpool, you'd kind of respect mm. him. But the fact that he's been injured, he's not even been playing. And we're going through like, the roughest period we've had this season. It's just, I just don't understand it. It's ridiculous. It feels just like premature apart from anything as well. Doesn't it? Even if he hadn't been playing, you'd go, well, look, it's only at this point, December of my first contract. But it's straight away, he's, I don't know. Very <clears throat> strange. And he's done this previously, to be fair. He did this. Yeah, I think United. maybe Goss got PTSD. Yeah. I, th- I think I look at it and I think you're realistically you played from September to 25th of October. That's when he got injured against Malmo. So that's a period of between four to six weeks. A couple of international breaks in there as well. So when you talk about system and not fitting into it and whatever, you've, you've had about four games. You get injured and then you get brought on in the last 15, 10 minutes of some games because you're not... We haven't got any players to put on the bench. You're only on there because we haven't got any other players to put on there. And we don't want to rush you back because we don't want to risk you being out for even longer. Um, so you're not going to have this time to be able to build this system. And then you come up to the busiest period, which is you've got games coming three days a week and you've got no subs. We've got Harvey Vale on the bench. You're not going to get this time that he's, he's after to get this system built around it. Now, he waits another couple of months. He's probably in season improvement. Again, I just don't understand why he can't. He doesn't think like that. Can, I just... can we can we bring um, Goff in? Because I'd imagine he's got to be feeling quite smug. I mean, for the last six months, or even probably the last eighteen months um, since he's been banging a minute into Milan, everyone's been telling United and United fans that this is look, your club. You didn't know how to manage the guy. Look at the guy that you wasted. You stuck with Tony Martial over this guy. And then you must be kind of seeing the same thing play out that happened towards the end of his time at United. Yeah, I'm, I'm just as baffled as, as obviously Jack is, as, a, as himself as a Chelsea fan. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like Obviously, it's very similar to how it kind of all ended at United anyway. But I think that's slightly different circumstances. It's just, yeah, as Tom said, it's premature. It's halfway through his first season of his first con- well, his contract there. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, it's, it is quite funny to see from a, a rival point of view. 
he is he is the kind of guy I guess from what we've seen at other clubs who won't hang around. He he will force his way out if that's what he thinks he needs to do. Just I think it into Milan. I don't think they necessarily wanted to sell him, but they found their hands are tied. Are Chelsea not the worst team to do this to? Because I know they've just announced these losses. I always think they're a bit, we don't really understand what we're seeing there a lot of the time. Um, I don't think they're the club that you're going to hold over a barrel. No, we've seen it before. I mean, apologies if you can now hear the washing machine is going absolutely mental. But um, we've seen it before with players where if they don't want to give you a contract, or if they want to punish you, they will. And we will also get rid of you if we need to. I think Flora Maluda, for example, won the Champions League because he would refuse to leave. So he literally trained for the last year of his contract with the reserves. He wasn't allowed anywhere near the first team, which, call it what you want, Rufus, whatever. I really don't think that we're going to stand for it because that's, again, such a question for anyone that wants a big paycheck can come to us and then just hold us to ransom over like, interview contracts. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think we will stand for it. Spurs to do with Danny Rose and they've got far less resources. Oh, looks now, they may have been doing it for his own good. Awesome. I think as well, just quickly look at it, just, it's not like we're scared to spend money at the moment either. I think we could quite easily go in, take a, like a 50 mil hit on him, sell him for 50 or whatever. I, I'm not saying he would, but saying that's something that they would probably do. If they did. He would pay him <laughs> is what I'm saying. A lot of Chelsea, I think, is about the optics, though. So I'm not sure they would take a hit on him like that because even with a lot of Chelsea spending, a lot of it is essentially saying, look how big and powerful we are. We can spend the cash when none of you can. And I'm not saying they're doing it for the sake of it, but I also think the people involved at Chelsea do care about how they come across. And I don't think they'd be willing a year later to just wash their hands and say, we'll take half price for him because a lot of these guys who haven't worked like you're not going to sell Timo Werner for 20 million after you paid 40 for him just because no. of how it looks and that kind of, and with Lukaku I think it would be pretty damning for the club to say we couldn't get this to work when you've got a guy who by all accounts is one of the most lethal number nines in world football yeah no it's true I'd love it so, I'd love for news to pop out that he's been loaned to the Tess Arnhem or something like that <laughs> Six when Tuchel spoke about it in the interview before the Liverpool game, it was whether you read into it that he's sending shots at Lukaku or, or not. He said, um, how can Chelsea get the best out of Lukaku? Training, training, playing, training, playing, training, sleeping, eating good, training, playing, sleeping, eat good, drink a lot of water, sleep, train and no more interviews. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just bang on, like I say. He's but the eating good and the drinking water and sleeping good. Do you think maybe, and I thought Carragher alluded to this, it's all well and good being injured, but you do still have a duty to keep yourself in a certain level of condition and maybe yeah. they don't feel that he did that. Maybe. I think there's been a surfaced interview post-match after the West Ham game with Thomas de Gaulle, where he's asked about Lukaku. Um, I don't think it's from like a UK broadcast. I think it's from somewhere abroad. Maybe an American outlet. Being always seems to get the best interview. Yeah, it's very sharp. He just did not want to be asked about Lukaku. He said that um, he just cut the interview short, pretty much. He said, nope, nothing to say on Lukaku and walked on. And um, 
that now speaks volumes because there must be some sort of relationship or breakdown relationship there previously. I mean, he's not, I mean, as much as it is out of the blue, and I can't believe he's done it, there is no smoke without, without fire in these scenarios where yeah. something happens. And it's just interesting because usually we're the first to know about it because something's been leaked. Um, but this just came completely out of the blue and it could have been going on for months. I think that's I what hurts Chelsea is that they didn't see this coming. So, um, like yeah. the Arsenal Abamyang one, um, I think that was a lot more convenient for Arsenal in the way that Arteta, I, I think, was looking for a reason to get him out of the team that we can mm. see now. Yeah. Um, he was able to jump in front of it and say, I've dropped him for these reasons. Chelsea being blindsided, I don't think he's going to go down too well either. I also think that's a tricky thing with his apology or, or whether he will or not, is that this was three weeks ago. He's had time to go to the club. Oh, look, by the way, I've given an interview I probably shouldn't have. Shouldn't have done it. Let's get ahead of this. He doesn't, he doesn't do that. They get blinds. Even if he does come out and apologise now, we know it's probably because he's been told to. I, I agree they, as well. Just looking at it, that we were kind of, oh my God, Ron's back. We've actually got Shannon Light here. Someone that can score his goals. He's playing well. He's played well the last two games. And then this drops. Yeah. And we're still like, he flew the guys over. They, they did the interview in his house. <laughs> yeah, they flew the guy. They flew the guys over um, from uh, Sky Italia. If we um, move on, because I think the Lukaku when it's probably not the end. We've heard of it, and we'll be talking yeah. next week. That hopefully he scored five past Tottenham in the League Cup, or um, he's been benched again, and uh, we're trying to work out how they're going to deal with the situation. The um, interesting conundrum we... is if they hit bad form whilst he isn't playing. Mm-hmm. And then Jack obviously said everyone's in Team Tuchel at the minute. If they suddenly hit a bad spot and he still doesn't play him, I mean, they're quickly going to be like, now. get this guy on now. He brought him back in as a last-ditch attempt to try and get something to happen. And that went against him in the end because he uh, so came back in the dressing room, got his power back in, and then he was at the door <laughs> pretty soon after. Mm-hmm. Um, if we go through each of our clubs then and say, are each of the clubs doing better or worse than expected? Um, I think we can kind of gloss past City, can we not? They're doing pretty much as expected. Um, I don't think even they're performing at a level above what we expected, just I guess the teams we're going to get to now, we were expecting a bit more from. Um, Liverpool, obviously, um, in second place at the moment. TK, um, tune up yesterday against Chelsea, there must have been a part of you kind of thinking this is what we're supposed to do if we're going to be competing with Man City. And then I guess as soon as you even before maybe you conceded the first goal, things went downhill very quickly. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? I, I wouldn't say necessarily you have to go away to the bridge and go 2-0 up in the first half if you want to be competing with City. I mean, we're at a high bar now where you are reaching that stage and we've fallen far enough behind that we are going to have to pull out win after win, both clubs. Uh, but, having said, if you've watched Liverpool almost any game this season, there probably isn't much reason to feel safe at many scores, to be honest. Certainly not even against a good team like Chelsea. So, as you said, the whole format of the game is a great, particularly that first half, obviously was great. And, look, we've dragged two games of the season out of a Conte team and a Tuchel team now. So you don't get any trophies for that, but I feel some <laughs> things are deserving of an award. Um, yeah, again, I, I feel like there's been five or six games you could say for a Liverpool fan where you, you'll go, 
great to watch, not great for the health, and probably not good for your points total either. <laughs> I couldn't believe that stat from Carragher where he said that <laughs> Liverpool have taken the lead five times this season in, in games in which they then failed to see out and get the result. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I could I believe it. Here, but, I've said on there before that I almost, if I saw Liverpool or City before the 12.30 kickoff or the 5.30 kickoff, it was almost like, what's the point? Because mm-hmm. as soon as they go a goal up, it's like, well, the game's done. Like, what? There's, there's no real need to continue seeing this. And this season, well, I, I turned the Brentford game off. But I think there was something on it. Yeah. There was some other sporting event on at the same time that I flipped over to. I think it may have been a Classico or something like that. And then flip back and obviously carnage is just in shoeing. It's very weird. I think I saw you tweet about it and they alluded to it in the studio that uh, it's very much season one or two on the clock rather than the Champions League um, winning team or the league winning team that was like the most well-oiled machine you could see. Yeah, I think I think I've touched on it before on the pod earlier in the season, which I'm not saying Carragher's obviously been listening and, and copying us, but read into it what you will. Um that we yeah we have gone back to kind of like an earlier clock team, which is kind of more odd. You consider that was because we obviously were earlier on in his reign, weren't as well coached and didn't have as good personnel. So for us to revert back to that, having seemingly overcome it in the say the title winning campaign, for example, is I can't really offer an explanation for it. Last year you could where well, you could say, well look, the sheer number of injuries that happened each time, if you can't get a, a standard eleven out, this will happen. This year, I know we've had some disruption, but nowhere near the same level. And, and games still look carnage, even some games that should have been more comfortable. So I don't, I, I can't really put my finger on it. Other than we just seem to just actively choose chaos every game, and Klopp seems to have no problem with it. The one I'd I thought to was um, sorry, just like the, the West Ham game. It was like playing football manager and you press play on the game and you leave the room or do something else and you just let it play. <laughs> There was one where West Ham, Antonio was, I know he uh, scored at the weekend, but this was right around the time of like Antonio fever. Like I don't think there was a fantasy team in the land that he wasn't in. And it was so obvious that they were hunting it over your far forward line, full backside and having chase on to the end of it. And whether it was a corner, they got out of the hospital or whatever. And it's like, you don't make adjustments. It's like, no. We've got so far playing this way. Why would we change it now? We're better than you are, basically. Yeah, it's kind of arrogant in a way, isn't it? Um, for what it's worth, I, I do agree with the you stick with it because if it served you well, you don't go against it. For example, they often bring it up on the odd time then we can see the goal from a free kick because our line was too high and someone managed to break it. I was like, well, if 99% of the time you cut them out with that, you've got to accept that this one's going to go in every now and again. But in terms of the, the general play on a high line, for example, that West Ham game is exactly the right example. There is a context of a game where you say, right, we're going to have to shut it up a little Adjustments, bit. Adjustments, yeah. Yeah, and, we, and we've and um, numerous games this year exchanged messages in the group chat where we said he'll bring like a sub. Sometimes he'll bring like, say, like Firmino off the bench for in place of a midfielder. So you'll have four attacking players on and essentially two people doing all the work in midfield 70 minutes into a game. It's, Kind of the, the last thing one you need. Was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, this is an open end-to-end game. You think you want to shut this down, and I mean, from we said as from an entertainment point of view, it's great that he seems to have no interest in doing that. But it's not great for game results. And see, again, it seems odd when in the year we did win the league, we had seemingly that perfect balance of we're still entertaining, they're still very attacking, but can be conservative when we need to. 
again, no explanation for it. It's a couple of teams have tried playing you that way now and and, and got success. <laughs> the funny thing is, I guess that United tried it and Liverpool <laughs> did just stick to what they were doing <laughs> and just got rightfully battered for trying it. But like, even like, kind of watching that game, you must go into a game with Liverpool where you kind of do assume the worst. But within about 10 minutes of that game, I remember the first ball over the top that Antonio ran onto. So hang on, they could actually be onto something here. Yeah, I think that's the the thing with us as well is we we always tend to use that over the top game plan for teams that play a high line, but we'll also use it against teams that will sit back. And it's just how is Antonio trying to run into space where there is about thirty yards of space, and that is it. It it, it doesn't work all the time. And playing Liverpool, I naturally am never looking forward to that fixture ever. But obviously, we'll go into it when when we talk about. West Ham in a, in a bit, but there are certain certain teams that you go up against and you think, oh, we've got to play a certain way here. And it just seems that sometimes Moyes just looks at it, I'll never say a bad word about it, mind, I can't. I'm literally going to do that now. But it's like where, where Liverpool can afford to play that's the same way every single time. And yes, like Tom said, you've got to allow for the, for the occasional mistake. West Ham just seem to chop and change it, but for the wrong teams for the most part. So. With um, Liverpool, though, Tiki, there is a difference between um, like Unai Emery would have a game plan for when we would play, I, I don't know, uh, Sheffield United. Like when, when we played them, he had a game plan and it would be whether it's us sitting back or it wouldn't be we weren't doing what we did best. We were trying to eradicate what they did. I'm not saying Klopp should be doing that every single game. And it's obviously a lot harder when he's not there on the touchline. But there are certain things you can do, whether it is we drop three yards deeper because they've got a guy who can get our centre-backs or whether it's we press on a bit further because we can press these a lot higher and they're more liable to lose it at the front than they are at the back or whatever. It just seems there haven't been as many tweaks as you would expect, especially yeah, for a manager that we rate the way he does. Yeah, I, I didn't think we'd be having a pub where you espouse the virtues of uh, you know Emery. No, no, uh, I, he was the worst at it. This was my yeah. issue. That... The uh, yeah, you you are right. That does seem to that does need to be. Uh, I think a little bit more catering for what the other team is going to do. Particularly if we're in top gear, maybe you can say throw out the window, but we're clearly not. So you've got to you've got to account for that. Um, too often uh, we talk about the high line as well, but. They eventually got onto it in the studio yesterday that basically the midfield just never really got hold of it. We never really got hold of the ball. I thought that was one aspect there. Chelsea were quite clearly the better team uh, looking after the ball, but that's on the midfield. If you can't do that, then the high line is, is a problem. But if you're just going to have wave upon wave of attack on your back four, you're in trouble anyway. It doesn't matter who you play. You'd assume a midfielder um, is going to be a priority for Liverpool next time they do spend a significant amount in the window. That and maybe a, a natural centre forward. Um, would you say if you were to quite bluntly compare to one of the three, would you say you need another Thiago, another Henderson or another Fabinho? So that kind of style of player for your midfield? Uh, I mean, I, if you wanted to be uh, really boring, you just try and get Wijnaldum back and try and get the band back together, couldn't you? Um it's true. It's also, of course, because in different times we look like we need different things. So, for example, we've had times 
where we struggle to break a team down a little bit and you go, you need someone a bit more creative in the middle. And you'd say, say like uh, Henderson, Fabinho and Milner was in the midfield yesterday. You go, well, where's the, the creative or the goals coming from there? But then on a, on a different day, that should be a solid midfield to build on. And yesterday it wasn't. They just weren't. So it's kind of difficult to know. I, I think I may have said to you before, then whether it's on the pod or not, I think if Liverpool do go big on a transfer in the near future, I could see it being Bellingham they go for. And so he, at least on paper, looks like a, a nice blend of all of the above, yeah. really. And so yeah. obviously big and strong athletic, but good on the ball, technical, technically good as well. So And only 18 or whatever. So I could see that being what they would do if they were going to go big on someone. And you would have to go big there because they're going to charge yeah. in, aren't they? The way Dortmund play out their transfers, as um, Goff has experienced in the last um, two years, I think the first bid that comes in for Bellingham, they may call a press conference, like Hearn offering the massive check to Carl Frampton, <laughs> because it's going to yeah. be a case of, this is what they're offering. Who wants to do more? They may do an auction in the case of Bellingham and just get the big clubs there and say, go on. Let's face it, they're very likely going to lose Haaland for 65 million in the summer. Which, yeah. look, I, not being the king of hindsight here, I said last summer they should have done everything they could have to get that man out of there last summer because 65 million is, is outrageous. Um, but so as a result, whoever the next big sell they're going to have, which will presumably be Bellingham, they're going to have to get a lot in for them. Yeah, it's gone quite on that um, Rainer they have, who looks another top talent, but I guess they've just got so many that. It's almost like a queue, isn't it? The next one will come to prominence soon enough, just the way it goes. Um, Do you think any criticism of Van Dyke this season has been fair? Or do you think the standards are just too high now? The standards are a little bit too high. I mean, when we're measuring a guy by if someone goes past him, you're at a pretty crazy level. Um, They did. Don't forget that. (laughs) uh, I thought the criticism of him yesterday was fair enough. I thought that was fair. In general, I think it's not. I think people are doing that weird thing that they did at times last year where you'd watch a game and then uh, they'd go like, oh, what was Salah doing today? It's like, oh, he played all right, actually. Look at Kimane and Firmino who were absolutely gashed for the old game. I get why you're, you're doing it. But, for example, in the West Ham game, Van Dijk was seemingly defending on his own. I mean, there was a couple of times where he's caught up with Antonio, which not many people do. And I thought there's not many people can do that. And that tackle on Bowen, I remember, was basically as good as a goal. But then the rest of the defence weren't doing anything. So you kind of, I know I get why he's probably more subject to more scrutiny, but I think he's been, if not back to his level, pretty much there, which coming off that knee injury is pretty remarkable. So do you think, in summary, are Liverpool doing better or worse than you expected? The, the performances are probably slightly worse, just... Uh, I've kind of suspected we might be a little bit like this, but probably not quite as extreme in some of the games. Um, but then I, I guess, if, if I was to be honest, position-wise, I think I had City, Chelsea, Liverpool as my call pre-season. Uh, so I probably... They can, how the league looks probably is not surprising, but I probably thought we'd be a bit closer in touching distance, maybe more like four points off, rather than, was it, eight or something now, which already looks miles. Yeah, I'd brace yourself when we get to pre-season expectations, Goff. Um, we could be there a while. Um, if we go on to Chelsea, uh, Jack, we, we touched on them, obviously, um, with the Lukaku situation. I think 
it wasn't very cool to pick City to win the league at the start of the season. It was kind of people rolled their eyes if you did it just because you were being a bit boring. And as such, I would say I saw more people in the media or just more people if you just asked a group chat as to who would win the league this season. Chelsea were far more favourable pick than Liverpool were. Um, so are Chelsea doing worse than you expected? Because I mean, you're not top of the league, quite simply. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like a moving situation at Chelsea where at the start of the season we were where I expected us to be and performing as such. And then all the way up until pretty much thought that 4-0 performance against Juve, but you kind of think this is where I kind of expected to be. And then we go and lose on fullbacks for a few games and then lose on midfielders, then lose all of our strikers and then get seven COVID cases when they start to come back. And we really haven't had a team playing together for a prolonged period of time. They haven't, they haven't had the same attacking lineup or the same midfield. And like, even our defenders are kind of dropping out at the moment as well. I think it's, it's tricky because when I, have a, when I bring up about the squads and things like that that we've got issues with, it's always, like, oh, yeah, well, you've got all these players. I like, get that. Totally. You've got these players on loan. And there's, there's that. But at the same time, that the team that we have at the moment, if they're not, all playing together regularly, you're chopping and changing, trying to bring players back, like Kante, rushing them back game after game, getting injured game after game. Seen the same with Trev Shalaba yesterday, where we've brought him back because our defenders are dropping out. We end it's up playing a standard thing for everyone this season, though, to be dealing with COVID and injuries. No, I, I don't think it, Chelsea I, I, have had it particularly worse than anyone I, else. I, I would say they, I would disagree with that, really, because at one stage, we had eight players out. I mean, admittedly, Chilwell counted as one of the players with COVID who was injured anywhere. Get that. But every other team that had that situation, they'd had the game called off. I think when you're when you're regularly starting games with Ross Barkley and um, the likes of when like Sarnagez trying to bring him on, he's just not. I think this is very good. sport British. If, yeah, if Chelsea, I expected this. Yeah. I expected yeah. it. Well, one I of the things we basically said as to why. We were confident that Chelsea were going to even win a legal challenge. Was that we said we had the, they had the strongest squad. We felt. Jack posted so a is, thing in the group chat saying they had two starting 11s. Was yeah, I, I get it. But when, what I will also say to you is that when you have all four of your main strikers out, be that Havertz, Werner, Lukaku, and then whoever else that you're trying to play in that position, if you compare that to, say, Liverpool, City, any top team in the well, top Let's not talk about the Liverpool squad depth. No, what I'm saying yeah, is if, if, you, if, you, if you take their four starting strikers out of the equation, out of any team in the top six, and the fact of the matter is we still... That's called the African Cup of Nations. We've still only lost one game since September 5th in all competitions. So I still think it's pretty impressive. And I think once we get the team all kind of fighting, ready back together again and get a run of games of just no injuries at the moment, I think we should be all right. I think... To be second at this point, albeit Liverpool have the game in hand, obviously. To be 10 points behind the leaders, I wouldn't have expected that. But to be second, I can't really grumble with the injuries that we've had. You have 14 goals from defenders this season and five penalties from Jorginho that you've had to rely upon. That is not sustainable. No. Your man, Tommy Tuchel, as we've heard him called today, he might need to have a look at his system. I've said this. I've, I've said that previously where... When everyone was cropping up saying we've got goals all over the pitch, I get that. And I said that you would rather have it all channeling through a Salah that you could just rely on 
than a bit part because when it, when it push comes to shove, as we saw against United, when you're you've got Rudiger six yards out and you're trying to get him to volley it into the net, nine times out of ten it goes over the bar. So you'd rather have the right players in the right position. Problem we've got as well is that Habits isn't a prolific goal scorer for us. Werner just isn't either. So the only prolific goal scorer you can really count on is Lukaku, and he's just gone and done this interview. So I, it's it's interesting. We that's when we went two 0 down yesterday. I thought, fuck, how many is it going to be? Because I just don't see a scoring. I couldn't believe we got two goals from that, like open play. The last four games I've been to, like Leeds, that was two Jorginho pens, one up, and then we scored one against a terrible Everton team from open play. Then we've got like penalties against other teams. I just, I just don't see, I, see, I don't see the game plan that Tuchel's been trying to implement over the last month. I've seen him playing Pulisic as a false nine, which just doesn't work to get bullied, and still trying to play wing play and cross it into him. Yeah. I just, I, I think he should have a bit of flexibility in this a little bit and change up the system to suit the players he has at his disposal when we're trying to play with like three false nines. You've just mentioned um, Everton. That Yerry Mina celebration against United might be my moment of the season so far. <laughs> the sheer shamelessness, if it was... I only saw it again, uh, replayed earlier. So, Jack, what we're saying are, would you say Chelsea have been worse than you've expected? Uh, it's been worse than I've, been expect- I've expected, but mainly down to the injuries that we've had. If we had the whole team fit, I don't. I think we'd be a lot closer to the top. If uh, we move on to the next side, who aren't quite title contenders, but uh, top four um, nonetheless, um, and that is Arsenal, one that's maybe a bit harder to uh, quantify whether it's been better or worse. Um, the big thing this season that we, I spoke about in pre-season, I think most people, was that we were going to find out a lot about Arteta when you were playing one game a season and you could judge him if he's discoached it he's supposed to be and he has a week to prepare for any single opposition then we'll find out just how good you are um so i'll ask you first tk actually do you think arsenal have been better or worse than expected well it seems an odd thing to say considering how you started the season but uh yeah you're better than i thought um I, I believe I didn't have you in the top six preseason, and that looked pretty. <laughs> that looked pretty solid a few games in, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's it, much better, much better than I was expecting. I was expecting bad things for you. I've been trying to reflect um, on how simple it is to give either side of that answer, and I think the fact that there's never really been like an in-between spell. It's been complete highs or complete lows for Arsenal. There's not yeah, really been like on like our form running it's not been like we've been exchanging wins and losses it's been one or it's been the other mm. so the Everton uh, result which the Chelsea one probably would have looked worse if we hadn't just uh, given them three points um, was as low as I can remember this season in terms of um, just despair and just hopelessness when it came to Arsenal and that was after being bottom of the league with zero goals scored going into the first international break um, I am still unsure with Arteta and people kind of throw this at me every time we have a good performance where they say, you're still Arteta out then, are you? <laughs> uh, it's, That's me. <laughs> I, well, not even just, it's, it's all angles, but I still don't really know. I thought 
against Man City at the weekend, and I've been a bit more hesitant to uh, be going around with an air horn and an open-top bus parade because we played well for 60 minutes against Man City. But it was the first time where I felt, okay, I can actually kind of see what you're trying to get towards rather than it just being this boring, slow, turgid football. Um, Turgid only comes out when you're talking about poor football teams. But I've seen Spurs fans and Palace fans get quite upset about the kind of praise Arsenal have got for the way they played City. And I don't think it was the result. I think the fact is that if Spurs and Palace play City 100 times the way they played them, City probably win 99 times. I think the point is the way that Arsenal approach the game is you're going to take far more points off City in the long run playing like that than you are essentially saying, we're going to have 11 men behind the ball here and bank on you having a bad day in front of goal. I think the Aubameyang coming out of the team has been as big a Christmas present as Arteta could have possibly hoped for. Um, The balance in the attack, I still see people saying Lacazette should be getting a new deal when the guy can't play 60 minutes at a time. Um, If anything, I think it does just show, as I've said several times, this shows the kind of striker you should be looking for in your next one. You shouldn't be looking for someone who is offering very little but putting it in the back of the net. But I also don't want to be in a position like Liverpool fans have found themselves in in previous years where you're having to defend a striker that doesn't score goals. I don't want a situation like that. There's very few clubs that can get by with a striker like that. If you're winning, Um, you won't mind. (laughs) No, but I don't think it's just... you. Very few clubs have a Salah to the right-hand side of that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think... The guys that we're being linked with, I know some people are suggesting January. I don't think that's ever going to happen. The likes of um, Alexander Isaac, um, Blahovic, who I do think is going to be going to essentially whichever club can't get Harlander and Mbappe. The third in line is going to get him, so I'm not getting too excited about that. Um, but uh, Isaac, um, Calvert-Lewin, who I'm on the wagon for, but the injury has worried me quite recently. Even Tony, I like the kind of guys we're being linked with. The one I'm probably least interested in is that um, Jonathan David, which probably means we'll go and get him now, but only because he's never played as a lone striker in whether it's for Canada or whether it's for Lille. He's always been a backup, not a backup striker, but he's been part of the front too. But I, I like the direction they're going in. I think the issue is if Spurs win their games in hand, then they're going to go above us. Um, so really, you can say we're probably in fourth slash fifth place, although they don't look as great as uh, they probably should do. So around fourth, fifth place, I think it's probably pre-season what I was hoping we would achieve after spending 140 million. But after three games, I think that's the thing. Our season is kind of being judged as if it started three games in which is why it's being said that we're doing so much better than people thought. I think we're probably doing slightly better, but I do need to see it over a full season compared to just a couple of months. I do, the transfer business, whoever we do get now, I do feel I can trust a lot more than I would have going into this season, mainly because I don't think Edu is the guy involved. I think he's basically being told, this is who you go and get. 
rather than him picking the guy because um, he's mates with Kia Drabchian and we get William and uh, I hesitate to put David Luiz in that bracket because I, I did I did like the bloke when he was there as much of a rocky relationship as it was but we're not signing any more Cedrics I think we've very clearly seen recently who the guys Arteta trusts and who are the guys he doesn't so he's at least doing the right thing in that sense um, Connor, before we cross over into West Ham, because I guess going into this season, we thought we'd be competing for the same positions. I don't know if going into the season, you can tell me now if you thought realistically fourth place was going to be your aim or if it was get as close to that as possible. Yeah, I, I don't think top four really. It'd be nice to have that confidence, but supporting West Ham... Yes, that's pre-season. So I guess you thought we'd be comparable when you looked at yeah, yeah, we'd, our running. We'd be fighting at the same level, definitely. Yeah. Did you think, I don't know how self-depreciating you are as a West Ham fan, did you think Arsenal would be ahead of you at Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I, I thought last, last season was a complete fluke. Just I thought the, the whole lockdown football thing really did benefit us. Not that our fans are toxic at all, at any time, um, but I think all clubs have that. I think that really did benefit us, and then because we'd had that form, by the time the fans came back, they weren't thinking, oh, Christ, here we go, we've got to play Palace at home, we're going to get battered. There was that that newfound confidence installed in there, so I think that that does raise the expectations, but I still I still didn't think we'd be competing for top four. Come by Christmas. What do you expect? Top six in a good Europa League run? Correct, exactly. Yeah, make make it to the to, to the knockout rounds, and then yeah, top six. But you know, if if we have to win the whole thing and then finish fourth anyway, then I'll take it. So at this moment in time, then, do you think West Ham are performing above or below expectations? Because it feels like you've been on quite a rough run, albeit you've won the last two games, but still, well, yeah, being around, it it has been. Well, if you look at the league standing, then yeah, without a doubt, done better than expected. But then it's typical West Ham. You look at the games we play where we're beating Liverpool, Chelsea, United in the Cup, City in the Cup, and then we're dropping points against Burnley, Southampton, Palace at the start of the season. It's, we're just, and, and that's what we do every single year. I remember last season, for example, you know, we went on that massive unbeaten streak and we, we hadn't, hadn't lost two games in a row until, like, is it May, uh, April? And I think City were the only other team to go longer. And then we lost like four, four in a row and started to slip back down and then missed out on Champions League by two points. It felt like um, last season again at the weekend when uh, the three goal margins there. Honestly. And then all, all, all of a sudden. Well, we, had, we had, again, we had it last year, didn't we? Where we went three. Yeah, did it against Arsenal. Two or three weeks in a row, we went three nil up and threw it away. So the second one went in. Honestly. Well, I can't remember the chap's name when he goes for that bicycle kick with like a minute left in stoppage time. Oh, um, Mateta. Heart, honestly, I was ready to to just keel over then because I knew it could happen. One of the that came out of that game I saw was I was getting PTSD. So his part three nil up. Not fun. It, it was it was gross. And then I see Palace fans on Twitter who were there going, "Oh, absolute class act from uh, from Vieira there." Is it? He's slagging the referee off after the game. It's quite literally the opposite of a class act. But... No, I think I think Vieira was any of these referees deserved it. I think yeah. 
especially United manager starting to the referee, so I'm going to be ready to rally the troops. It's <laughs> vol- vol- it has been exceptionally up. shocking this year. I'll, I'll give you that. You know, I mean, there were a fair few shouts in the Arsenal West Ham game this year as well. Which, well I mean. you know, I did like you getting mentioned in the comment because Leeds got fined for surrounding the referee. And then you brought up the fact that they don't obviously watch that every single game. I thought well, clearly didn't watch it when you when the, the whole of your squad was surrounded in the, the referee to give that penalty. You you quite literally have to do it because yeah. otherwise they don't they don't worse and worse and worse. It's just embarrassing. So would you have expected in oh, I watch West Ham when they're on TV. I, I'm not going out of my way to watch West Ham in the same way I would with yeah. Arsenal. Would Would you have expected more from some of the squad players? Because obviously you had a pretty set starting starting side and we thought when we did our deadline day podcast that maybe that could be the issue, that yeah. with the Europa League ties you were going to tire out. Um, I did think in the Arsenal game was the most tired looking I've, I've seen um, your team play. You brought in some of the extra guys on deadline day and in the last couple of days before that, but would you have been expecting more from the likes of Kral, Vlasic, and that kind of player? I think Kral, I think Kral was the type of player that wasn't really, it's going to sound ridiculous for, for signing someone, wasn't really intended to play in the Prem. He was intended for the European Games, I think. Give Rice a rest. Exactly, exactly. The, especially at the early stages of the competition, with the group that we had, you know, you're not too worried about just putting Suchek and, and Kral out there, or even just putting Kral and Mark Noble out there, I would say it. Um, but it is, it is where you can be confident that you can give these big players a rest. You know, and the, the one big worry I've had constantly has been if one of those go, that's it. You know, all it takes is one little injury. But then seeing how we played with Rice suspended at the weekend, it was, was it the weekend? Whatever day it is, it's that Christmas period. Rice me off. Yeah. Um, we, we were actually okay until 86 minutes, whatever it was. That's just that's just lack of discipline. I mean, it doesn't help as well with Masuaki coming in. Diop is just not the same defender that he is when he's got a capable left-back next to him. He just feels like he's got to do too much and he doesn't doesn't trust Masuaki there. But you just can't predict losing your entire back line within the space of three weeks. You know, and that, I've never never felt as silly as when Zuma got an injury after me. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had one since 2015. I just, I just can't live it down. So. If, if I told you um, before the season that you're going to have wins against Chelsea and you're going to have wins against Liverpool, would you have expected to be in the top four or would you have also thought it's very West Ham to then lose to some of the teams that you have lost to? It, it, it's exactly that. You can never count on the West Ham way. It literally is. Like For some reason, I always get a weird feeling that we're going to get something from Liverpool and then Salah turns up and just has an absolute blinder and we don't. But Chelsea is the one where I, I'm bricking it every single time. Never have any confidence and um, did, did not expect us to do as well as we did. Yeah. Goff, um, I was kind of hoping that United might be winning at this stage and you might be feeling a bit more bullish about um, your season so far. That being said, you are still nil-nil at the moment at home with Wolves. Um Phil Jones getting some minutes though, so every cloud. I guess it's fair to say this season hasn't gone <laughs> to expectation. It's, it's been a fun ride, hasn't it? Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saying that apparently Phil Jones is actually playing quite well, what he did in the first half. But um, yeah, it's safe to say it's 
not one as expected. I think beginning of the season, it was all looking a bit rosy, wasn't it, after the second place finish. And we all agreed on the pod when we did the, the transfer uh, window special that probably had one of the best transfer windows out of everyone. Um, I think I was being a bit modest by saying I probably got, got us at fourth place. So my, that was probably my head talk and my heart would want us to compete with, uh, well, at least compete with like Chelsea, Liverpool and City. But um, yeah, from what we've seen so far, it's been absolutely atrocious. Uh, just going by the stats, I mean, Wolves, Wolves have had 10 more shots than you. Um, yeah. and an even share of the ball so it could have seen it after the first half hour mate I've got the stats <laughs> in front of me <laughs> that's why I just had a, had, a, had a quick look at and I guess more simply than you can with the other clubs as Chelsea aside where at this point in time we can just pin all the blame on Lukaku and the Chelsea fans will be happy to uh, go along with it there isn't I wouldn't say a single guy at United, but you can point to maybe Ronaldo could offer a bit more. Sancho, certainly you'd have expected more from. Varane, injuries aren't his fault, but you're at least expecting to have him on the pitch. Maguire, we were told that, look, when he has a competent guy next to him, this is when you're really going to see the best of this guy. He's got a ball player next to him. He can just do go back to uh, heading and clearing it like he was at the Euros. Um, who's been the most disappointing for you? Uh, aside from what are you going to sell, show? <laughs> um, probably Maguire. Just I don't think he's had a single game where he's looked anything like he he does for England or anything like that at all this season. I'm not, that's not to say he's, he's he's a rubbish player because there's still a defender in him. Um, I think the problem with the likes of Maguire, also Bruno, for example, when he has a bad game, is especially when Oli was in charge, they were almost undroppable. One Basaka is another one. Um, I think, yeah, they, whether they got complacent, that's affected their form, but they could literally have a two out of ten performance and know for the fact that they'll be in the, in the lineup for the next game. Um, it's been interesting that since Ralph's come in, Bruno's been on the bench quite a bit. So I think he's been of... the most disappointing player in the league this season, mm. Bruno, when, bearing in mind what the expectations you have for him. Sancho is kind of coming into it a little bit more now Now that he's getting minutes and getting used to it. But, but yeah, you're probably right. I, my my personal biggest disappointment is Maguire. But, yeah, you're certainly right with Bruno as well. He, considering what he's done in the previous seasons for us, he, he hasn't he hasn't been like that clutch player you'd expect from him, really. Losing to United hurt more than losing to Everton. That was just sickening because... I wouldn't say United even, you still, just because of their name, you put it down, so they're losing 1-0 to a team with half an hour left, you still think, not even thinking of a draw, you're thinking they're going to go on and win it. You don't look at this United team on the pitch and get that feeling from them that they've got it in them to like pull something out, pull something out of nowhere. And so, I guess at this point, you can't just blame the manager and United fans do seem to be doing more of this in looking at the players on the pitch and, and, and saying to them oh, what the hell are you playing at I mean, Rangnick two games into his uh, career United shouldn't be talking about the body language of players um, I don't know how you feel about his time in charge so far or if you just think his hands are tied completely it's, I've always thought it's a, it's a bizarre appointment the whole interim thing anyway I thought if we were going to have 
him in charge, why not just have him as the proper manager in charge? You're right in saying that his hands are tied in, in some ways. So he's going to have to bring in the system, which it looks like he's trying to do. It hasn't really improved the style of football anyway at the moment, but systems do take time, in fairness. But by the time he's done that, whether or not he has a successful season, manages to, to secure top four or not, it kind of feels like by the end of it, it's a bit pointless. It's almost, I don't know whether he's been brought in just to maybe eradicate, like you say, the body language and the attitude of some of the players kind of get rid of or fish out some of the bad eggs, which Ollie so, probably wouldn't have had in him. Well, Conte and Rangnick took over at their respective clubs at a similar time. You've had a similar amount of games postponed. Would you say Spurs look far more comfortable in implementing a system that Conte is asking them to play than United do with Rangnick? And I don't know how much more complicated one is than the other to uh, put together on the training pitch, but it feels, if you were going to simplify it, you've got two guys in the middle of the park to protect the back four, and then we get it to the front four, and it's essentially four strikers, isn't it? Or four yeah. attack-minded players that are supposed to gel together, but it seems like he doesn't really know, or maybe he knows what the best lineup is, but it goes against what he's being told he should be playing or, or what, I don't know. Yeah, do you no, think he's it. sold on Ronaldo? Uh, can I say yes and no? I think he's yes in the sense that at the end of the day it's, it's Ronaldo. In the, in the same sense as if you had Lionel Messi in your team, you're going to try and build a team around Lionel, aren't you? So you're going to try and do that with Ronaldo yeah. as well. Um, also no in the sense that I don't think he'd be scared to drop him. Whereas with Oli, I think Ronaldo could... Uh, done absolutely nothing for 10 games in a row, still be guaranteed to start. Um, obviously, there's all the criticisms of Ronaldo with the style and the lack of like running down defenders and stuff, but he has got us out of some sticky situations this season. You Champions can't League's deny actually. that, yeah. So he's come up, he's come up with, with some clutch moments as well. So I think particularly it's when you look at these German coaches and you normally say you can't group them all in together, but Klopp and Tuchel, I don't know if they were trying to hustle us, they were doing the pet thing, like, this guy is so great, so, so great, before um, you play them, or if they genuinely do hold him in that regard, but Ronaldo, the way he plays at the moment, is quite a kamikaze player, and essentially gets the ball and shoots, he's not doing much more, he's not trying to beat three men, like, you wouldn't expect him to do that in his career, and Greenwood is very similar to him, in terms of, it's shoot first, the he's praised for his ability to like find an angle for shooting. And it seems like he's worked out you can't really have those two in the same team or they need to be in different positions or whatever. And yet you would think if you were at the top level at United and you set the guy two objectives kind of personnel-wise, it's to continue developing Greenwood to be the talent that they hope he's going to be and to maximise the most of Ronaldo for the time that you have him. So I, I do think his work's cut out. And it's why Cavani seems to flourish then when he plays with these guys because he's able to be reactionary with his movement and the pants on the rebounds and the kind of second balls and things like that. So it looks no. like he wants Cavani in the team, but he's not sure whether he should be having Cavani in the team. No, I think you're right, yeah. With Cavani, I think what he probably likes is the fact that he's almost a bit of a bull in a china shop sometimes, isn't he? He'll, he'll give 110% for however many minutes he plays. 
they'll be closing down defenders and so you, you kind of want someone up front who's prepared to do that um but yeah it's like it's finding the right balance between like you said bringing Greenwood through and obviously playing Ronaldo and getting him to almost get us out of jail <laughs> sometimes Green, funny to say that's well. just come off after 60 yeah, minutes I, I just saw that and the fans are booing that Greenwood's come off Mm. Toxic fans, eh, Connor? <laughs> um, no comment. Can you see? Uh, I was trying to. I was trying to do this um, in Arsenal's uh, darkest times this season, where you're trying to see the light, and you can see, okay, this is being done. This is being done, and it was effectively. We've got a likable bloke in goal, and we've got some good young players uh, up front. Can you see? The lights at United, can you see how this gets turned around? What are your expectations for the end of the season? You're in seventh place at the moment. Yeah, I I, th- I think we can still get top four. I think it's lighter than it was, obviously, after that 4-1 Watford defeat. That was, it, it had to be done, didn't it? But it should have been done sooner. The City game, the Liverpool game, it's kind of, the board just kind of dragged their feet, which made matters worse. Um, once their hands were tied, they had to do it. Um, Oli yeah. is still at United on my football manager, and he is a he's got European cups under his belt. He, <laughs> I can't, I forget it, and then I go to play them, and his face pops up. And what the hell's going on here? Whereas Lampard's just been sacked by um, Norwich on mine, so um, oh. some things are accurate, some things <laughs> not so much. So top four is that. I, I think we, we should be aiming for the top four. If, if it was the board, I think they'd be happy to get just European football. But considering where we finished the last few seasons, the players we bought in the summer, top four should should be a minimum, to be honest. I guess the point is for any of Arsenal, United, West Ham, Spurs, none of them are looking at the others and saying, you're that much better than we are. In fact, I'll be honest, if Chelsea had lost yesterday, I was thinking they were going to be dragged in with the rest of us. Mm. But they showed a bit more fight than I thought they had, to be honest. Um, The next manager is to be sacked, and I'll I'll open this up. Um, I've got the top five managers um, in terms of the odds (laughs) as to the most likely to be sacked. Who do you think is top of the pile at the moment? The shortest odds. No. Oh, Rafa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rafa. Yeah, yeah. Rafa. Uh, Rafa the they're, be... never, they're never too far away. They could be top of the no, league. second, in fairness. Um, <laughs> it would be very evident to completely abolish their structure and then sack the guy that they have changed it for. Um, but they haven't done that. Um, who do you think is the third favourite to be sacked next? Sean Dyche. He's going nowhere. He's never leaving, is he? Surely. Is Bielsa up there? Yeah, I was going to say, Bielsa. Yeah. Yeah. Bielsa in third. Um, so there's two left, and from three to five, they're all largely similar odds. Who do you think's the fourth most likely to be sacked by, by the bookies? Could Hasenhut will be there? He's fifth, so you got one before that. He's been mentioned quite a lot so far today. Too cool. Yeah. Wow. The bookies are riding with Romelu. 
<laughs> winning a European Cup at Chelsea does not mean does not mean you're safe, <laughs> as we've seen. That After really the, is hedging your bets for the bookies. They're like, look, they could do anything here. We're not giving long odds on this. <laughs> I guess actually the last two managers to win a European Cup for Chelsea before Tuchel were sacked the following season. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, plan to January then. Chica, do you think Liverpool will do any business? So. I'm not sure we'll do anything significant. Um, no, do you think they'll be FA through the door? I think they might get someone through the door, young player, whatever. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that, only because I've heard it's linked with with a few now. But uh, in terms of going in to change that sign of evidence, don't see it. And unless someone like, say, like Ox pushes for a move, for example, maybe we might get someone in in his place. But I don't see it other than that. If I'm Ox, I'm probably getting more game time at Liverpool this season than I probably expected with the minutes that he's picked up so far. So, Yeah, to be honest, and in the few instances he's actually got a game in centre mid, I've actually quite liked what I've seen. I, in, in the scale of things, I'd rather have him there than Cater or, or Milner, for example. Yeah. Uh, just doesn't seem that the manager always agrees with that. So. It's quite it's hard right. to see uh, Milner get called out yesterday. Usually, you just hear his name and Model Pro follows it and then not much more. Other than that, but to see him be criticised by Carragher for giving away the free kick yesterday, I thought he was quite good yesterday, to be fair, Carragher. Yeah, I thought Carragher was pretty on the money. It, to be honest, it's, he's absolutely right. His observations on Milner, he just just loves a rash challenge. For someone who, again, model pro and experienced, all those words always get thrown around, he's an absolute shoo-in for a foul or a card almost every time he sets foot on The there. only time he didn't was when almost the, the whole of the UK United just say, hang on a minute, He's four to one to be booked, and he's playing against Zaha today at fullback. And then he seemingly had a flawless game. Had the game of his life, yeah. Just a lot of uh, a lot of deposits and stuff went down the window that day. Everyone lumped. Um, Jack, did Chelsea do any business? And I'll include in that um, recalling some loan players. Yeah. Which, by the way, it seems uh, Emerson, you, you did. They did pay more to have a uh, clause where he can't be recalled. By the way, yeah. so you'd have to negotiate that with them. I think I think we we go for Luka Dean. Um, I, I can see it happening because, and then we'll just get rid of him afterwards. Um, How much money can, can your team have where you can just buy Luka Dean here for six months? It's sick. Saying that, we just spent hundred million for Lukaku for six months. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we'll get Luka Dean, and I reckon we'll pay his loans a while. We'll probably keep Dean as back as Chilwell on his back foot. We'll keep him quiet at the same spot. I think I can see that transfer happening. Just mainly, usually in these scenarios, it's like we would like Luka Dean. In this scenario, Luka Dean is literally being forced out by Rafa, so it's kind of like. It's all kind of aligning at the right time. I can see us going it's in. being mentioned a lot as well, isn't it? And usually yeah. that's a fairly yeah. good sign. Um, yeah. I don't know who his agent is, um, Dean, whether it's one that's going to really push it through, but it looks like Rafa's pushing him out anyway. And you can yeah. only imagine he might have the choice between Chelsea and Newcastle. Yeah. And I've got a question on their business that so we'll, we'll end this little topic yeah. with. But you, you don't think you'll. Bring, were you thinking you'll bring Gilmore back? That's obviously been mentioned. Um, he was being uh, booed by the Norwich players, uh, the Norwich fans. The players fucking brass necks on these inbreds, by the way. Like, 
they're the shittest team I've ever seen play, apart from maybe that Derby team that went down with seven points. And they've got the goal to boo a young Billy Gilmore. Well, perhaps Gilmore isn't as good as Chelsea fans think he is. Let's have that. Yeah, well, maybe ball. he's not. I've never seen anything like he kicks about two, he kicks three two yard passes for Scotland. And the whole of Europe is telling me what a great player he is. Is 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 a brilliant I'm player. To see he's it. got competent players around him. Their their problem is not Billy Gilmore. It's the rest of that absolute bunch of waste of spaces they put on that horrible yellow shirt. So, uh, I do think that's even that one person. Yeah, fucking out. Got my boy Billy's back. <laughs> that's what you really feel, though, Jack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If Gilmore's this good, again, sorry. Why did you need to get Saul through the door if Gilmore's this good? I think everyone in the country thought the Saul signing was going to be a little bit better than it had been. I thought it really good. I thought it was going to be, but like, he's turned he out his fifth choice behind Barkley and Loftus Cheek at the moment. So anything's better. Barkley's just... a survivor, which I do like. Yeah. <laughs> I would t- I would take Gilmore. He's had better performances for Chelsea than Sal has. So yeah, I would I would take Gilmore. Even, even the one that really got pumped up that was against Liverpool in like the League Cup. I can't remember looking at him thinking this kid. No, it was the FA Cup actually, and I was that like, player. He was brilliant. He was absolutely sensational. Got man of the match as well, don't you know? Well, um, these man of the matches, they gave Connor Cody one in a in a match they lost to Spurs last season. So he's <laughs> man of the match award. I reckon oh, I, I can maybe not in January, but I can see us now really pushing forward to try and get rise. Just from what we've seen this season, I can really see out then. I think um, Connor should be worried with rice because I think a lot of clubs have put in several hundred million aside for the summer for one of these strikers, and when I've they can't get it, they're going to be they're going to be looking thinking, well, how else can we spend this money? Mm-hmm. The the only thing I can see us trying to buy Bellingham instead of rice would be. Just we need a bit of goals from midfield, and but Bryce is adding that he's got what, three goals a season. So if I think I'm Bellingham and I get offered Liverpool or Chelsea, it's an easy choice, and he's not going to London. Yeah, I, I think I think I think um, Rice as well, just because he's actually best mate with pretty much half of the Chelsea team. Is he? And is the Chelsea fan? It's probably that's which, why there's probably like the links there. So which player he makes with? New year, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think the funniest thing about that is, uh, I don't know if anyone saw what happened after the Tottenham game, um, where he was in, in the League Cup. Rice has ran over to a, a section of Tottenham fans and he's seen a family member and he's thrown his shirt in there. And Tottenham fans have seen that, latched onto it. Man, <laughs> oh, he's basically joining. He's basically joining. It's like when you've got the likes of Chelsea and Manchester United who are after him, Spurs are probably not on his radar. Or this is the funniest thing I've seen about the Lukaku. Um, now everyone's made oh, the link of like Conte, oh, yeah. Conte he wants to mm. reunite with Conte at Tottenham. Like, are you fucking sure he does? What yeah, that was that on his, ask him what choice uh, Spurs are on his list. <laughs> <Yeah>. Chelsea are fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did actually see a, a Villa fan say we should offer Douglas Louise and 30 million for Declan Rice, and I just thought. <laughs> That's just obscene. Um, we've been for six I've months. Douglas Louise, I've never seen get so much good press as him just uh, pulling that player that plays for Villa Women. Well, he's turned his stock, there, seem, he? his stock seem, I didn't know she was with the other team, to be honest. She, but, was, with the other, she was with one of her own team. Yeah. Salute that man. But she's played for like five different Premier League clubs in the last six months, though. So. 
mental. Every time I see her, she's got a different kit on. Bizarre. Can't I make it mine I won't be the one to make it. Um, will Arsenal do any business? I think we've, we've had some mixed loans the last couple of uh, Januaries. We've had Erdegaard and we had Benis Suarez before that. So it really can't much. We got Cedric in on our loan and then he was injured for six months and then we signed him to a three-year deal. You never really do know. I think we'll get a midfielder in on loan. The Ainsley Maitland-Niles one looks like they've submitted a bid for him now on loan um, with a 10 million option, I think. He's got 18 months left on his deal. So I think they might be looking and saying, we'll take the money while we can. Um, if I'm him, I don't know why I'd be sticking around. But... And I'd rather go to Roma than somewhere vile like Everton, to be honest. So hopefully he gets to move. Poor man doesn't deserve think... that. Christ. <laughs> there's, a, there's a number of fans out there that are convinced that Wilshire um, is going to be signing a short-term deal. Whatever um, gets him um, off TalkSport. Excuse me? Whatever gets him off TalkSport. The amount of times he gets asked on TalkSport and he clearly can't say where yeah. he <laughs> likes to go on. They, they, keep back, yeah. they keep calling him back. <laughs> also, I have seen Nick. I don't think he's as bad as you make out. He's I think just he's worse than you make out. <laughs> no, I don't think I'd have much to say if I was surrounded by Darren Bent and Goldstein either. When they showed him with the darts yesterday and they didn't boo. Goldstein what are you is to say? Yeah, but you like uh, Jason Cundy, so... Yeah, I was opinion, about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Cundy's not as bad. <laughs> him and his fake phone calls that they uh, drum up. Connor, are West Ham going to do any business? Because the new owners, I've never seen owners pour water on spending money like those new West Ham ones did. Seemingly, the first statement was like, "Don't be expecting us to spend money, by the way." Well, the, when we when we I can't remember what the share was. They bought twenty three percent or whatever it was. Apparently, one of the first things he said is, "Yeah, you're going you're to have some budget to spend in January." But obviously, with the other sixty eight percent of the club, we you know <laughs> we don't particularly like to buy anyone in January. Um, I think we do need to strengthen. Obviously, we we have done for for years, but especially at this point of the season. We did it last season. I think the, the obvious one is is Jay Lings. We have to at least make an effort because he's, he's getting zero games on. You're not getting him on loan, though, with six months left. That's the deal. trouble, isn't it? It's, it's finding that happy medium of how much is suitable to pay. From from our point of view, because we hardly ever spend money, you could chuck 10 million at them, they'd probably say yes. Oh, but he, he seemingly is the one that wants to stay. It's the most baffling... I don't know how many times he needs to be told you're oh, not that guy. <laughs> Whether he just wants to... The J Ling's brand through Ronaldo still being at the club. He's probably Maybe. Not, just hold this hoodie, will you? <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of them. I, I think we need a striker. Um for obvious reasons, we can't have our only striker being a right back. All right. <laughs> Premier League goal scorer. Um, but seeing the lineup came out came out of Spider-Man, had a look at the Arsenal lineups and seeing Antonio playing right back. It was both <laughs> baffling and almost like, do they know something we don't? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he went for the last 10 minutes, didn't he? And he caused a bit of trouble. Yeah, shock. It, it's just, don't get me wrong, I love him. I, I think he's great in post-match interviews as well, which really does help with the morale of the squad. Because um, he's, he, he's laughing. Probably helps with, he probably gets West Ham on TV more as well, to be fair, because you know you've got to get into if it's Antonio or Rice. 
exactly. Oh, well, you're getting an Antonio celebration that's just going to be very, very weird every time. <laughs> Brushing a Lambo dressed as a snowman. Into that, honestly, seeing that on Christmas Day was one of the yeah. best things I've ever seen in my life. People <laughs> just sitting down for dinner, just tucking into it. Lamborghini just flies through the living room. <laughs> the photos after as well. Like, if if I was in the really fortunate position to be able to crash a Lamborghini in the house and I was dressed as a snowman, the first thing I'm doing is taking that snowman outfit off. <laughs> there's photos of him stood next to it still dressed as a snowman he just crawls out the window just as a snowman (laughs) he's just he's brilliant but it it was since he came back from international duty because we were always worried that having Europe was going to you know chuck another six games onto Antonio minimum that's that's going to cause havoc in his chocolate hamstrings and then he decides actually I'm going to go and play for Jamaica does play well does score an absolute rocket and then comes back and thinks that he can score that same rocket every 20 minutes in every game that he plays. Yeah. Fires off into the crowd. But he does just look tired. I think he would benefit from that sort of competition as well. Um, it's not so much that he's not trying, because he is trying, but I think he does get figured out as well. I don't know if anyone saw the, saw the Watford game where he was just being wrestled about constantly, shoved into other players and getting penalised for it. I think he's sort of been worked out to a degree now. He had his Tims on that game as well. <laughs> he has them on every single game. Yeah. Watching him try and cross the ball against Arsenal just repeatedly, he was like, oh, just stop. <laughs> stick, stick him in the middle and just put us out of our misery, please. <laughs> Sometimes a shit cross can, can go well, as Masuaku demonstrated. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but like Tom mentions Van Dijk, Van Dijk's form and, and keeping Antonio quiet. Like I think Antonio keeps himself quiet. He, he'll go for on goal. Van Dijk was beside him, and I think like, he just booted it. Like, <laughs> it's a horrific Lukaku-like first touch. Or Lukaku of old, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think we need strengthen at the front, in the middle, and then one defender, maybe. Realistically, though, you think you'd do that in January? I, with with a big cash injection, I think it's a lot more possible than it was last season. Yeah. Um, Usually yeah. loans in January, isn't it? Yeah. Unless yeah. the guy, again, uh, I know... Arsenal are chasing, um, yeah, that's, that's usually what you're going to get. Very rarely do you get the big signings. It's usually it's just the guy you're planning to get in the summer becomes available. I know Arsenal are after Antonio Reyes for years and then they realised they could get him in the January, so they got him then. And I think that's with a couple of players. It's maybe they've got the six months left. Like, yeah. You wouldn't be surprised to see like Tarkovsky get get a move or someone like that with the six months left. But um, especially for how long that. we've been after certain players as well, the the amount of times we've been linked with Tarkovsky and and that is, is it Milenkovic at Fiorentina? I forget his name. Yeah, yeah. You get, you, we get linked with them, and then our typical transfers come in and just crumble down. You'd have thought that they've established something there. You just got to hope that it didn't crumble because of the dildo brothers. But. Um, the Thiago Silva new contracts just been confirmed by the way Jack yeah I saw um, that yeah. Goff um, are we expecting United to do much or have uh, they spent their pocket money for the year um, I'd like them to get a midfielder in but I feel like I say that every week um, we'll call them we'll them. yeah I, was just, uh, I don't know whether to say that first <laughs> Um, yeah, get the money out. Right. But um, I think it'd be more likely 
someone like Pogba leaving, for example, and then maybe bring someone in on loan. I'm, I'm not too sure. The, the Nevers transfer never goes away. But I don't think that would happen in January. Do you, we, me and TK were discussing it on the last episode we did. I, I think Pogba's going to stay. I think you're going to give him a horrific contract. I really hope the, that doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like when, when he when he got picked up, was it a thigh injury or whatever it was, um, and was ruled out until the new year, I kind of felt that that was probably the last game he was going to play for us. But I, I hope I'm not proved wrong. TK on the last episode, say you had a million pound drop scenario when I gave you a new deal at United, Real Madrid and PSG, where would the bulk of your money be going? PSG, I think. TK thought Madrid, I thought my order would probably be United, PSG, Real. I'm, I might be absolutely mentally, but I, I would take Pogba at Chelsea. Jesus, you don't, you don't want that. I mean, you've got Billy Gilmore, so I don't know why you'd need it. <laughs> um, I'd rather Pogba went to Chelsea and that would keep him quiet for a few more seasons <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll... That, would be, that would be phenomenal Chelsea haven't hit my Covid uh, we, we're having to play Pogba here like, <laughs> we're down to the bad, bad I don't know how many clubs are stupid enough to pay the cash because no one's saying he's not a good footballer it's just he, he gets a fairly easy deal because Ertzel at least gave you a lot more before he turned to shit. Pogba hasn't even given you that. And yet people still talk about him like, you know, the next club he's at is suddenly he's going to cook. He had a, he had a good um, August and then the transfer window shut and then he just went back to being shit. He, yeah, he started the season balling um, with all them assists and then <laughs> Anthony Langer's on for United. So uh, don't worry, Josh. <laughs> Who is it? Um, Martino. Oh. Yeah, Martino, yeah. Um, yeah. De Gea saved a penalty and then he tucked it in. Um, what would Newcastle do this January? Supposedly, this Kieran Trippier deal is going to get over the line. I thought the most interesting thing with that would be what the fee was, and I thought it would tell us a lot about what they're intending to do. £25 million, supposedly, is the fee they're paying for Kieran Trippier. Does that signal to you that they really need a right-back, or look, the summer budget's going in January and we'll do what we can. 25 million for Trippier, not, not terrible. He's about a par score. He's nearly 30, yeah. isn't he? I think terrible would be 30, 35. Um, but, but 25 million is what you're probably what I expect them to pay. 25 yeah. million is what they asked for from United and he's now got six months left on his deal. No, sorry, he's got six months less on his deal. He's got a year yeah, left on his deal now. I, I think, like, obviously, Newcastle are in a more desperate position, so they're probably just... Needs must, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is Trippier a game-changer for Newcastle? Well, I think they're going to change the whole back four. So that's the start, isn't it? That's the first mm-hmm. building block, which they have to do, because it's terrible. You've got to think, what do you reckon they're getting, like, these new players? They're getting, like, a relegation release calls or something? But there must be something they're telling these players mm-hmm. to get them through the door. Particularly tricky for Trippier in a World Cup year. If you could that's, end up in a championship club in six months' time. That's the confusing thing for me. I can see why Newcastle want him. He he seems attainable and he's better than what you've got. I don't know what's in it for him. Is he is he starting for Atletico? Yeah. Yeah, he's still seen as an important player. He, I think he's wanted to come back since the summer. I think he's wanted to come back to England. Um, and look, the cynical answer is that's quite obvious what's going for him, isn't it? Yeah. 
He's, Pod, Pod he's not. He can register yeah. any party power account over here now, can't he? So. <laughs> yeah, he, he was injured from the end of November to the start of December. He was then benched for the game against Real Madrid. You can imagine if he was only just coming back from injury. And then he's played 90 minutes in the three games since. So. Two losses in a window, so maybe he shot the bit. <laughs> I, I, I just think with Trippier, yes, he's better than what Newcastle have. He, I thought United fans were doing it in the summer. He's being built up to be a far better player than what he actually is. It's different for United and Newcastle, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but I, I when, players, when United yeah. were being linked with him, they were like, okay, Wambasaka's terrible, we'll get Trippier in. I, I don't know if that's like. I'm more a reflection of Wan-Bissaka than anything, isn't it? But the, yeah. this is, I think this is the level of player Newcastle are going to have to aim for. They're not going to be able to go in off the top, are they? So they've got to build that this way. This is the only way. £25 billion for a 31-year-old is. I also think, you know, you're getting wrapped up with sort of like resale value. I don't think Newcastle are interested. No, no, that's it's, fair, yeah. get, get players in now, stay up, and we'll think about the rest later. Yeah, I, th- I think like... The Notman one seems to make way more sense. Then they're not going to be aiming for kind of nineteen-year-old prospects for fifty mil because they just they don't want to bet yes. on that. They want to try tested, keep him up, and then he'll probably just be an experienced pro that they they build upon and get younger players in, in the next few years. I think like twenty-five million to these the richest club in the world just isn't a lot, and the way they've been structured, like we've spoken about before, where. They have they've been literally left and without spending any money, they could go and spend like three, four hundred mil without actually breaking the FFP. Between it's about two hundred million before the summer, and then they can spend start spending again. Mm. I, so, I thought yeah, they I would think... approach the way that, that Roma seems to be doing now with the likes of getting Tammy and Ainsley in, and that you look for a guy who clearly has talent, yeah. is that favourite, a top team, and you can get a cut price fee on. Because... I, th- I think they, they see like a, a tried and tested England international, and they just want. Well, we know he's going to be good. We don't want to take a pun on anyone. We just want someone to be coming and do the job and keep us up. It, it was a case of reliability. It's kind of like when the City were first signed. They signed like Wayne Bridge. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of signing. It's like it's not yeah. setting anything on fire, really, but it's an improvement on what you've got. You build on that afterwards. Yeah, maybe it's just the first, first guy in is going to cost more to prove. The problem is if they, you know, if they end up going for like a Tarkovsky or whatever, then he will cost a bomb, as we've I've seen they'll try anyway. How is he only got six months left on the deal? He got six the, months left, yeah. So if they try, they're gonna probably try and charge similar amount to that because Bernie will try and squeeze the fee, maybe. Do you try and do that or do you just go off? We'll just wait till the summer. I mean, Tarkovsky's better than what they have, but at the same time, I mean, I he's significantly better. Is. is he not significantly better than what they've got? I mean, I mean, in terms Clark of what they're wanting. I think I you've got. Looking I, think, at I think you've got illusions of grandeur that this club do not have. They need to get bodies in. For the game. They can't. They, can't. <laughs> they need to get bodies in. You, just... You're looking. You're looking to get into Waitrose. You just accept whatever's on offer at Aldi because no, it's better than what you've got at the minute. I'm looking at. I'm looking straight at down the middle aisle currently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got Maitland Knowles in my head just because he's he's the one being linked with Roma. I'm just looking at. You could probably get him cheaper than you can get Trippier, and I don't see it right back. They do that much. There's that much of a difference between them. And then I look at Botman. Looks makes looks like it makes a lot more sense than Tarkovsky. I think they went long enough. They should have 
a long list of targets that yeah. they can just yeah, fire true. off like that. Yeah. But they've only just got someone in to manage their transfers. And looking at the guy's resume, he should be nowhere near their transfers. So I, I, I don't know. It's going to be fun watching whatever they do. I'm not one of these that wants them straight in the championship. It's not even just because my brother supports them. I'm well, looking I at... Well, I, I can understand why you do. I just, if someone's going to spend money, I'd rather it's Newcastle than, than Chelsea or City. So it's not, look, if they're, if they're going to spend money, I don't, I don't mind anyone else jumping into the mix either. Uh, there's a big difference between spending money and spending it well, um, as what Chelsea used to be renowned for and what they're now renowned for. A um, couple of things before um, we call it a night. The team of the season so far, I've got Carragher's and Neville's down. If I reel them off, and then we'll say whether we think there was any grand omissions or uh, that kind Just of as thing. long as you haven't got Garth Brooks's on there, because that was... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> loose joke. Go on, Garth. <laughs> Gary Neville has uh, Alisson, Ruben Diaz, Van Dijk, Rudiger, Cancelo, Trent, Rice, Rodri, Foden, Jota, Salah. I mean, if we start with that one, I think there's several issues there. I don't see how Allison gets in your team in a season. If you're picking one of the top, if you basically, if you're picking at that level of the like, you've done as well as we expected. You take Edison over Allison. Mm. Um, yeah. And I don't. The laziest of maybe I'm not seeing Allison. I don't really know why Foden's in anyone's team and team of the year either. I I completely agree. Yeah. I'm still not quite over. Gary Neville saying he quite likes that he's been out partying before a big training <laughs> session because I like I like that in a player. I like that streaking in. I think I've used this example on the pod before, but very much the uh, the boss in Ted sort of thing, isn't it? That's, that's, a, that's a guts feel. We need that. Yeah. I think it comes in a week as well where he kind of condemns Lukaku, but also <laughs> yeah. tried Harry. Kane's answer of one to leave Tottenham out of it. Maybe. That has killed me though. Seeing these Spurs fans on Twitter crying about this, I just how is Gary Neville the bad guy in this? He didn't make yeah. Kane go, Yeah, I want, I want out of here. He just asked a couple of gentle questions on a golf course, and suddenly he's the villain of the piece. If you start with Kane at this point, you've probably got to believe what, what they're believing at that stage. Because if they turn on Kane, honestly, what do they have left? Yeah, we haven't even yeah. spoken about Spurs to be fair. Um, Alex has kind of deprived us of that. Um, but just uh... yeah, very much the girl who t- took a cheating boyfriend back and is calling everyone else a cunt now. So <laughs> hang on a minute, love. <laughs> um, I don't think there's two, I think there's at least an argument for every other player in there. Um, I, I've seen people like, I'll get your take on this, and they say Matip's having a better season than Van Dyke. I think Kanate was. Brilliant yesterday. I don't. I haven't watched him all season. He's played he the least games of the three, though. I think. Yeah. But yeah, that's the other thing. Those two have been in and out. So Van Dijk's played whenever he can. He's played his COVID. Yeah, that, that's another one of those slightly, uh, slightly hipster takes that people do. In the Champions League run, when we when we won the Champions League, I thought in the Champions League games, Matip was better in that run. For both were great, but that was a long time ago. Now people are Neville a bit crazy. Seems- to um, confuse his team of the season so far with um, who's the best player in each position without taking into account 
I think Ruben Diaz is a bit of a lazy pick. I think he's been okay. I don't think he's been superb for City this year. A couple of games off. Yeah, he's been City defence. He's been unbelievable. Unfortunate um, that he had to play on Saturday. Um, Maybe it was Arsenal fans that broke in. I don't don't know. (laughs) Seeing some people believe that that football for all account, that um, someone in the Arsenal tunnel had said... uh, which is the biggest robbery you've been involved in this week? And I thought, that's just never going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> and there were people on Twitter saying, or oh, predicting who said it. I don't know what goes through some people's heads. Trent that's, uh, is... that's definitely being said, though. If it's Sunday League and you know someone's been burgled on the other team, like, we played someone once where the house burnt down, that got mentioned. Yeah, they're probably not being burgled um, for all of their jewellery and cash, I mean, though, to be fair. His house burned down and his cat died in the house fire. So I, I, it, was pretty, it was pretty bad. There was death. <laughs> and it's still got oh. mentioned. So I can see it happening. I, I can't see it being completely astonishing that it's been said. Ramsdale's the only one who's got that in him, I think, in that Arsenal. Which, yeah, that was, what, that was what I did see. Um, Tr- Trent and Cancelo seem fair picks. Yeah. Anyone arguing with them? You can make an argument for Reese James at right back as well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Like for goal scoring, for goal scoring and just the run of form that we've got on now, I just think, like, yeah, we've put up similar numbers to Trent, and then all of a sudden now, the run we've gone has just killed that hopes for most of the Chelsea players in that team of the year so far, I reckon. If Kante had been able to stay fit, I think he'd be in there because he's been phenomenal when he's played this season. But he hasn't stayed fit, so he's exactly. nowhere near. Yeah. I've debated most of the day whether I make the Tommy Assey shirt or right back, but Trent and Cancelo probably do pick him. <laughs> Only just. Um, Rudiger is, as much as I resent the bloke, he's probably fair. Um, he's such a shit ass. He's brilliant. <laughs> I love him. I've never, I've, two, Gary Neville, I've never seen anyone do a 5 2 3 team in a season before. Usually you get a 4 3 3 or a 4 4 2. I don't want to see any of these uh, five at the back for a team in a season. It's something it just, it just shows the style of play loads of clubs use, though, doesn't it? Yeah, wing backs are the new. Yeah, some of us are staying true to football. But um, when we were growing up, it was inverted wingers. That was like the new yeah. thing. Now it's a, a, attacking and defensive fullbacks. Um, he's not included on either of them. Um, I'll tell you, ESPN did a um, first and second um, team of the season like they're doing um, NBA. Just Chris, you put the United, by the way. Well, they tried saying they they tried putting Sun's name in the hat as a as a as not one of the sort of, the third best winger in the league this season. Not having that. That's again. I think they're they're going with the uh, we'll just pick who maybe has the most ability. I'll give you Carragher's um, Ramsdale in goal, Cancelo, Rudiger, Van Dijk, Trent at the back, Bernardo Silva, Declan Rice, Conor Gallagher in the middle, Foden, Jota, Salah up top again. I mean, we've we've made the point about Foden. Um, we're in agreement on Carragher's keeper, I assume. He's even he's even charmed Conor. He's charmed him. I can see. I can see your argument. He is what a bloke, a lovely, lovely bloke. <laughs> I can see the argument is that he's since he's come in, he's looked like a different team. 
Um, but I don't think I would have him as the best keeper so far. He's got the second most clean sheets after Edison. Mm. And he missed three games. He deserves it more then, doesn't he? I, I think it's pretty cheap given, uh, I guess, Neville and Carragher both see it the same, given their City keeper as uh, your best in the season when they have the lowest uh, shots at goal of any team in the league, mainly because they don't have the ball. But I think Ramsdale or Mendy would be a fair. Yeah, for me, Mendy is. Sound at Wolves was the other yeah, one they broke it down to. Yeah, it's been good. He has the highest um, shot-stopping percentage of any keeper. He saved the most of the shots that have come at him. Ramsdale was second, but has the clean sheets on top of that. I think Ramsdale has been in the public's eye far more, which goes in his favour when these kind of lifts yeah, true. come around. Yes. I think there was what, a two, three-week period where you literally could not escape him. Uh, right up to the United game where he said oh, Ronaldo had a great game oh God. in fairness he scored a, he scored a dodgy penalty and uh, you just don't do it you just don't send fate that celebration but it irritates me and I know it's supposed to him celebrating the goal he scored against Burnley which was literally on the line and I don't know what annoys me more out of the fans doing it alongside or the players <laughs> doing it alongside. I think when McTominay's doing it and he's supposed to be a hard man in midfield, swinging his arms. Like, I did that's love another it. moment of the season, to be fair. Yeah, I did love it when Townsend did it um, at Old Trafford, but he ruined it by saying it was a tribute. Yeah, you should have. Coward. If you're going to yeah. do it, go balls deep and just like say, Fuck this guy. <laughs> Stay the villain. I'm suing all the time. Jack, Jack, I mean, do you agree with his pick of Conor Gallagher in the middle? Because that seems that screams to me that you want to be a bit different. Yeah, I think it's Gallagher in there. He has been brilliant. He has been um, fantastic, to be fair. I say, that's been great. Yeah, he's been awesome. But I mean, he. I mean, I'll probably say Rice has probably been more effective all over. He the has Rice in the team as well. Right. He has three in midfield. He has Bernardo Silva, Rice, and Gallagher. I mean, Gallagher's he's, got great. Great. He's, got, he's pretty much got it all. And for his breakthrough season to score these goals, to blink the, the play out, he's been brilliant. Hmm. Um, Smith Rose had a better season well. than Conor Gallagher. Say again, sorry. Smith Rose had a better season than Conor Gallagher. <laughs> I mean, you can make the argument. It's, yeah. It's not an argument. He scored more, he's assisted more, and he's done more. <laughs> I think if he was in a if Gallagher was in a better team, he'd have had just as good a season. But if my yeah, another player has been loaned out while Chelsea are lacking numbers in midfield. <laughs> Why is this being I don't I don't make the transfer. I don't loan these players out. It's like, oh yeah, Marina, yeah, yeah. Loan Connor Gallagher out, uh Billy Gilmore back. Yeah, I'll speak to you next week. Well, I mean, you were moaning about squad depth is what I mean. But... <laughs> It's, 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 it's rich in the, in the circumstance. Yeah, it, thinks... it was when you said, you don't always like to have three strikers. <laughs> you don't always like to have three strikers. <laughs> Just quickly, because I think we could do a, a bigger topic on this. Um, Jack thinks that Chelsea will keep Conor Gallagher next season. Yeah, easy. 100%. I think if Palace put in a bid now, you'd at least be tempted. What have we got to lose? He was free. He came through our youth system. Uh, 
we've seen how, we've seen how beneficial it is to have these youth projects in because there's they they're so much more motivated than most of the others just because they've got the opportunity. Get what is he? He's 23, isn't he? I think, I don't know, I think it was, I thought he no, was younger, younger than that. He? What, Gallagher? Yeah, I thought yeah. he was younger than that person. How long has he been at Chelsea for? Because the, 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 the point I'm essentially getting at is, um, do you, you think by now Chelsea would know... He's 21. So I think in, we know the player that we've got there because he's been watching obviously me growing up watching Chelsea TV and watching the youth um, in the kind of youth Champions League, the youth FA Cups with Shalabar and Mount. He's up there with the names like Mount and Shalabar, the, the ones to watch, like Reese James. Um, and he's always been known to be a decent player. I mean, he was on the bench for the Europa League win against Arsenal in 2019. So he's been in and around the first squad for quite a while. So they obviously have had him on his radar. But you're um, going to be offered 25, 30 million-ish for him. And you have to weigh that up as to, is he going to play for Chelsea? Yeah. He's I not going to start, is he? If you look at this season, for example, like if he was in that team, he'd be playing ahead of Barkley in... Sound of glass. But they're, they're not playing, and he's going to want to play more than that, you'd imagine. He would be, but I do think the rotation is there, and he would be in in that team. He'd be, play, he'd be playing just as. Are you going to turn down 30 million for a rotation player? Yeah, I reckon we would. Just again, we're not going to sell him without giving him a go in our team, I don't think. I just can't. I can't. We've been stung too many times with De Bruyne and Salah and things like this, letting players go too soon. If we start letting our youth go too soon. I mean, In fairness, most people with a brain could have told you about Salah and De Bruyne, particularly people that were seeing them day in and day out. There's people in the mean, Chelsea I, training ground that were comparing Salah to Messi, supposedly, in training. Yeah, I knew the De Bruyne thing. I mean, Josie's got a lot to answer for, but that's another topic. <laughs> yes, he has. Yeah, against not, football. That's another topic. But I genuinely don't see us letting Gallagher go until he has one season with us in the first team. I just don't see Is there... A, is there anyone not in those two teams that people think should be in a team of the season so far? You did say great, Dawson, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mispronounced it as Cancelo first time around. <laughs> Smith Rowe is the obvious shout. He's obviously been great. And to be fair, I know he's dropped off, but if you look at the start of the season he had, probably like as an out and out striker, there hasn't been many better than Antonio. I know it might sound mm-hmm. weird, but well, that's you know, the thing. has Jot has Jota been better than him really as, as a hot entire body of work? Probably not. I thought I was being harsh on Jota when I slightly screwed so, my face up when I saw his name on there. But then he is what like third in the goal scoring charts. Mm. And that feels like probably what it's been reduced to. So I can't really give you a striker, so there we go, we'll give the job. The the Foden one is the most Confusing. I can't understand Foden. English tax, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Phones are gone. Talk about okay. yourselves, yeah. boys. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I think in terms of Antonio, I think I... Because I think Garth Crooks actually put Antonio in, didn't he? Yeah. Hopefully you don't get too much effort. Did he, did he not have salary? Did I hear that? Yeah, he didn't have Salah. Who? Who said that? Did Garth Crooks didn't have Salah in his team. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> as soon as I saw that, you had to like, it, even just looking at straight out and out goal involvement, I think 
for, for the calendar year, Salah was above by nine or whatever he, whatever he was. <laughs> Next one down was actually Antonio. Are you, are you getting a lot of echo from me if I go off my speaker? No, a, a little bit. Mm. I can't see his face to know if he's toying with me or not. You sound a bit different, but it's not yeah, terrible. It still sounds clear. Phones have died. There's only got a couple of questions left. Um, the thing uh, that started to irritate me is all of the pundits saying there. Uh, thing you've got to understand is the guy that's never appreciated in this City team is Rodri. I mean, he never gets praised for the work he does. Well, he does, because every single pundit is now saying it. <laughs> this guy, he just does his work. No one worries about it. Infuriating. Didn't realise much of a bunch that he was until this weekend either. Real piece of work. But when people say that is <laughs> like severely underrated, it's like... How is he severely underrated when he is known as one of the best out and out forwards in the world? Yeah. People are still saying about Kante when he won two league titles in a row. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people ban the word underrated around so much. It's however, Declan Price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, about time that guy got some props. I'm glad you brought him Absolutely. <laughs> I told you earlier that Bruno was my letdown of the season so far. If I go around and you tell me what your biggest letdown is, whether it's a particular game, a manager, a player, or whatever. Um, if any of you have one ready before I go around, if I not... Mean, I mean, it's Lukaku, isn't it? <laughs> it's just Lukaku. Also, on grass. I mean, both are pretty low in my uh, estimations at the moment. Now, those are my I, don't, I don't think I need to elaborate. <laughs> no. Goff, do you have a letdown of the season so far? Not so much of a letdown, just that it, it hurts to see Ollie fail. You kind of knew it was coming. I don't know if um, if Jack felt the same with when it happened to Lampard. But he did for a week. Kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. But it's like, yeah, the inevitable happened and it wasn't good. Yeah, not so much of a letdown, but just not a good situation to be in. TK, do you have a letdown of the year so far? A letdown of the season so far, sorry? Uh, I think Saul's probably a good shout only because he's been either not playing or horrific when he does. I thought it'd be a hell of a signing for someone. I thought for anyone, I thought, I think I said at the time, I thought Liverpool or United should have picked him up because they need a midfielder. Obviously not costing a huge amount of money. I know his wages are a bit. He's been uh, he's been horrific for Chelsea. As Jack said, if Bartley's dying ahead of you, something's gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Was it not weird how willing they were to let him go? Well, there is there is something to that, isn't there? Yeah, and they were seemingly actively looking to shift him, which maybe, upon reflection, maybe told told us something. Because they think it's bringing like, to replace him. It was to do it was to do with his attitude as well. Apparently, there was this one incident I can't remember if we covered it or not, where he spilt chips in the back of a taxi and then refused to pay. We've all done it. Yeah, and refused to pay the hundred pound cleaning fine. And um, the police got. We definitely didn't do that on here. That would have been one of my highlights of the season. Literally, and then he got taken to the cash point by the police and made him, <laughs> made him withdraw draw the money, give it to the sax driver, and Frank Lampard found out and dropped him like, out of the squad. What's <laughs> <Well, laughs> Saul? Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking this is Saul. I was like, what's going on? Oh. Why are we talking on Spotify? Yeah, the Barkley one, I remember now. I remember the Barkley one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. For me. 
I'd probably like the sound a bit more if you'd done that. No, I usually bring up Dwight Gale getting chinned because he was apparently just at a nightclub tapping people, asking if they knew how much he earned. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I didn't know that about uh, Ross Barkley, although um, I can see it now uh, Now you have said it. Saul, I thought. I don't know if they had a bit of a different culture <laughs> over there or what. Yeah, over in Spain, they just throw chips on the floor. It's just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> I don't know if they're having chips after and I don't know what they gave. Um, is anyone offering anyone other than Salah as player of the season? Because it feels like it's by a landslide at this point. Yeah. Got to be in it. There was that brief movement for Bernardo Silva to get us like, lads, come on, can we just I still, stop this? <laughs> I still think he'll get it for what it's worth. I think he'll get the, um, he'll probably get that writer's one that um, Scott Parker, was it Scott Parker got the writer's one the one year? He did play well. He did do that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome, it? Scott. Salah <laughs> yeah. at this point, you'd think is one of the greatest players to ever play in the Premier League and deserves to be in that conversation. Is there anything he can do to be considered the best? Because for most people, Thierry, whether Salah wins one of the five Premier Leagues, is going to be at the top of that list. A lot of people, not myself included, would still have gigs probably over Salah at this point. Yeah, wild, isn't it? Um yeah, Thierry is it's an interesting one. I've thought this before. He's the closest thing we've got to um, MJ, where there's not only that he's undisputed as the best of Prem scene, if you ask anyone, they'll say it, but also that there's like a just enough time elapsed that there's nostalgia that kind of anything that comes close to it feels like an attack on him. And so as a result, we'll, we'll do everything to protect that. Factor in the fact that he's doing this for Liverpool as well, and I'd say it's nigh on impossible for Salah to be regarded as it. Like you said, regardless of what he does, on paper, he might end up better than him. He might have more longevity. His peak might go on longer. But uh, no, in the way that Thierry is kind of unanimously seen as the best, I don't think Salah can ever do that. And the problem is the only people champion it will be Liverpool fans, which makes you more than inclined to go, actually, no, no, he's not the best, thank you. <laughs> I'll take Perez over Giggs, and I'll tell you that for free. Um, I've been in agreement. Game, so of the season, so game of the season so far, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, the Liverpool Spurs game. I was just looking at the ones that were um, suggested by ESPN just to throw back to some of them. I mean, we've only just had the City-Leicester one, which was a three o'clock game, I think, so a lot of people didn't get to see that. Um, West Ham 3-Chelsea 2 is probably my pick. Um Alongside that, the Brentford-Liverpool one um, is high up on a lot of lists. Um, Brentford-Arsenal was, which... And the Liverpool 2 City 2 game was very special, mainly just for the sheer quality involved in it, the individual performance from Salah. But I'll take the carnage of West Ham Chelsea with a Masuaku winner. I think that Liverpool, I think the game yesterday, Liverpool Chelsea would be higher. Contender, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the second half wasn't good enough. So that that was, fair enough. The first, okay, best half of the season so far. <laughs> Even then, it was more of a 10 minute period or whatever it was when Chelsea actually turned it around. Up to that point, we were. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it was a good back and forth, I thought, before. Yeah, the scoreline yeah. didn't reflect it. but We, we kind of like dominated the first bit and then Liverpool got the two goals. 
and then it kind of switched around. There was just a tussle, chances at either end, mm. and then it was just an absolute chaotic end to the half. So, would and you say the referee saved the spectacle, Jack, by keeping Manny on the pitch? It's tricky because, like, it was brilliant watch to see it, um, but it was a red card. So, apparently, he gets did... away with that as well. Not yeah. the first time. Ball play. Apparently, was it last season he did it to Tierney? He did yeah. do it, and also in the opening minutes of the game, hence why he got away with it. Yeah. Um, the thing is, if you're given a yellow card, like how can you stop it and give a yellow card for it? It's, well, we've seen this, this the way VAR's applied. Um, yeah. Because uh, we should have had a win over City as such. She's put us in the Champions League, actually, for just beating City, I would have said. But um, unfortunately, we're robbed. Um Last question, and I'll ask each of your own personal highlight of the season so far, whether it be for your club or golf, you may want to pick one for maybe another team. Um, <laughs> mine beating, beating Spurs at the Emirates, the whole day of that, possibly the best day of 2021, if England hadn't played, actually. So outside of England, probably the best day of 21. But um, Jack, your own personal highlight of the season so far? Um, that's, on, that's on the spot. Um, I'm not... I, I think Champions League, the fall went into Juventus, I think that was just the most I've enjoyed a game in months. And knowing... If I'd known then what's about to come, I would have enjoyed it more. <laughs> I forgot the Champions League was a thing. We don't talk about that in this house. Yeah, I, I just think like the way that we played, the way the whole team just performed, the football that was on display, it was just the most enjoyable game that I've watched on season where we haven't had all of the ball and not been able to break someone down and knowing that we're going to pay for it in the last 10 minutes. But this was just a comfortable watch and just seeing how good we can be on a day. Goff, do you have one? Don't Beat Arsenal, perhaps? Yeah, seems like a long time ago now. Like, didn't we dispatch Spurs as well? And there's a few. Yeah. We dispatched Everton 4 0 beginning of the season. I've got so. all the extra week as well. I did, yeah. Um, yeah, not really been many highlights other than the odd, odd result to make you feel good about yourself <laughs> again. And then <laughs> more misery for the next few weeks. Connor, you taking the, the win over Spurs, you, the win over Chelsea, the win over Liverpool? Liverpool's probably the one at the, the top for me, but but having said that, I think the game that I've enjoyed watching the most, because obviously I, I don't enjoy us watching play big teams because my heart's just going constantly, but was um, Dynamo versus the Greb. Honestly, it sounds silly, but... Uh, yeah, it's I'm regularly on the performance was, in the Europa League. It was, it was a 2-0 win, but we never once looked like West Ham. It was, it was a, an actual proper footballing outfit and we dominated haven't really done that since but you can't really count rapid in the end or we end whatever they're called um, you can't you can't then, Depends on then where put, putting the kids out as well qualify the group top and then putting the kids out in the final game giving I think six full team debuts I, I think that was quite nice to see as well I know only losing for a fluke deflection goal so. depending on where we finish this season I may well tell you I'd rather have qualified for the Europa League but um, so we'll qualify we'll, for the Champions League by winning the whole thing. So we'll see where we finish. No, um, no, just... TK. Finally, do you have a highlight of the season so far? 
Yeah, it's got to be sticking it in United, hasn't it? And watching those fans leaving before the first half is done. Oh, just... <laughs> they did that as well, to be fair. Was, yeah, phenomenal. Just, if we I had nothing else to see... <laughs> I, was listen, I was listening to it on the radio. I was painting my garage with my excuse and thank oh. God I didn't watch it. Well, I'd have, I'd have been drinking the paint in your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, thank you for you all for uh, coming on. Um, Jack, you haven't been able to go to the uh, toilet in episode this time because we have been on camera. Um, so that's been <laughs> unfortunate. But thank you again. Um, you had a picture of me just the uh, video podcast won't be a regular thing they'll be as and when um, if anyone's seen the two of them on Movie Madness this week we are doing rounders up against Molly's game the battle of the two poker films superb match I've seen Molly's game we'll watch that after the arrows but until then Goth will uh, let you go back and watch the United highlights. Um, <laughs> I'll say to everyone again, if they drop us a rating on Spotify, that'll help us immensely. And uh, we will be back next Monday. Adios. <laughs>